2: Come, 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 Hello, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. You're listening to episode number 501. I am your host, Steve Say. Joining me for this week is Mr. Aaron Amos. I think we should have wrapped up 500 on a good note. <laughs> Mr. Bob Ryers
3: here. I thought we were ready at 600, but time passes differently when you're old.
2: Technically, you know what? Let me introduce the rest of the cast, and then I will tell you uh John Burkle is here happy four ninety nine and Joey Ibracino. this is uh this is Furious Seven over here right now. <laughs> so here's the deal. There are technically six hundred episodes of the podcast. If you go into the back end of Talking comics, we have like a hundred additional recorded things, whether it's interviews. Or special edition sure. episodes, whatever. We're, we're technically we're at like six six hundred and two, I think. With this, we're hmm. so, like Marvel trying to hedge pin in a
3: legacy special. legacy numbers yeah, legacy yeah, numbering. Yeah. Oh
2: god, we should have just rebooted. We should have started off with an issue zero. And I want the um,
4: I want the logo in the corner with all of our floating heads in it. That's what I want.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
5: that'd
3: be awesome. We need new artwork. We need new artwork so bad.
2: <laughs> All right,
3: uh, we have we have options. We should talk about that.
2: We do. We do know. have options. Um, so here's a deal, folks. Last week was our 500th episode. Um, hopefully, you heard it. It was absolutely amazing. Spoiler was, alert. <laughs> yeah, the response to it was really, really incredible. And um, I'll just thank everybody one more time for calling in, for writing in, for listening tweeting afterwards we got so many nice messages emails all the things after that episode dropped and more people coming out to celebrate with us and um i was just really touched and uh as bob had said on the show really humbled and thrilled that so many people enjoyed that so thank you very much this is episode 501 we have lightning rounds. We have open discussion for this week, too.
3: What? What? Yep. When did that happen?
2: It's happening, um, I don't know, in about 45 minutes. To <laughs> <or more>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have some news items and we have some emails and um, uh, questions to answer and stuff. So we got a full show. I think that means that we're going to get right into it because we got Ooh. a lot to cover. So. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the banter portion of this episode. So uh, I'll just say one more thing. We have a lot of guests coming through the podcast over the next couple of months. Uh, and we hope that you stick around and enjoy. We're going to have kind of a rotating chair for certain episodes for a little while. And, uh, you know, have some new voices on the show, have some cool discussions, have some more creators on. And, uh, you know, give people a platform to talk about comics with us. And it's going to be awesome. All right. Lightning rounds. Bob, I want you to go. Oh, boy. Because there's a book on your list that I absolutely want to know what you
3: thought of it. Okay. I mean, that's every week,
2: but specifically
3: this week. I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. Here we go. Let's start here. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number one of eight by Tom King, was Everly, Matthias Lopes, and Clayton Cowles. I was hoping, I'd say naively so, that this miniseries would be a departure from Mr. King's deconstructionist norm. And at least here in the first issue, well, uh, there's, there's an old expression, we live in hope and die in despair. Oh, <laughs> I haven't read much of Supergirl of late, so maybe I've missed something. But here, uh, she's incredibly profane. And what on the second page, a character describes Kara as delivering the f- fatal blow to someone begging for his life with tears in his eyes. This book is going to need to do some heavy lifting to redeem itself. The art Ooh. by Ms. Eveli and Mr. Lopes is absolutely stunning. So my fingers are crossed moving forward. By the way, quick aside to Jess, you want to miss this one.
2: <laughs> oh. Uh,
3: very quickly. Just wait. Yeah, Just yeah. wait until I get oh, to buy yeah, one. I'm sure. Very quickly from here on out, Fantastic Four Life Story number two, The 70s, Mark Russell and Sean Isaacs. It's hard to describe as either – a reimagining or a retelling of FF lore as to me, it reads as if it wants to lean into some of the now problematic tropes of that period. The thing of it is those are more easily digested in their original form as period pieces where here, I find it to be just a bit mean spirited, particularly in regards to Sue and Reed. Fantastic four, number 33, Dan Slott, R.B. Silva, Luca Marquesa, Jesus Arbutov, and Joe Carmanje is part two of The Bride of Doom. And along with some surprise wedding guests, Victor has also brought a promise of peace and new beginnings for his longtime adversaries. The ceremony is really going quite well until we're reminded that Sue is right. Enough said. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> the mighty Valkyries continues to be Excellent with this third issue taking things up a notch as the storylines of Jane and Runa are about to run together at the intersection of Hela, Carnilla, and Loki. Story by Jason Aaron and Torsten Grumbach is wonderfully layered with the art by Mateo de Iulis and Erika so respectively, a perfect compliment. Uh, number five on my list of stuff over here. Carol's Magical Mystery Tour continues in Captain Marvel number 29 by Kelly Thompson, Jacobo Camagni, Espen Grudunchen and Clayton Cowles. (laughs) With, With learning magic, Captain Marvel's only hope of saving the world from a dystopian future, however, the mystical heroes having turned her down, she's gone to Amora the Enchantress for help. This would always be a dodgy strategy, but even more so here as Amora will be the mother of Ove, the engine of that future calamity. I've said it before, Kelly Thompson was just born to write this series. Finally, Wonder Woman Black and Gold number 1, a new anthology title, celebrating the Amazon Princess's upcoming 80th birthday. Five fun stories uh, from a, a just a, a really cool roster of creators, including Ming Doyle, Becky Cloonan. Uh, there's just tons of people. A.J. Mendez. My standouts being I'm Ageless by John Arcudi and Ryan Sook, which has a powerful message about compassion, and Amy Reader's charming Golden Age, which plays on that old trome, A superhero walks into a bank. And it's a robbery. Little pricey at five ninety nine, but kinda worth it too. I was really happy with that purchase. That's it for me. All right.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. I loved Supergirl. Girl <laughs> th- uh, tomorrow. I had a great time with it. Bill everly artwork. You're right. Absolutely stunning. Really wonderful. Action-packed, dynamic. The line work is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. I like the storyline, you know? For a first issue, I I like the framing device. I like the other planet. I like having this, this um, younger... Narrator figure. True grit. True grit. True grit. Yeah, it's exactly. It has that kind of western vibe to it, and and I'm I'm very eager to 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 read it. It, I I was actually surprised that it's a Tom King book, right? Tom King. Yes. 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 There's something about it that I when I saw Tom King's name on it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a bunch of. It's going to be a bunch of stop-start. It's going to be a bunch of quick yeah. cut nonsense. But, however, I actually yeah. found this to be a very cohesive narrative straight through. Now, yes, yes. granted, I think the Supergirl – character here there there's a lot of story there that i think is off the page and will be explored as as the 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 pages go on why she's on this planet she keeps talking about having to be under a red sun things like that
3: let's throw it out there she goes to a a red sun planet in a rocket ship with crypto because it's her 21st birthday and she's lonely and she wants to get drunk
4: yeah yeah (laughs) okay that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I love it guys. We've
3: all been there. Yes, but Kara hasn't.
4: Well, she is now, Bob. She
3: is now. Okay. all right.
4: <laughs> no, but but I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. And and I I, I, I I think more so than the other miniseries, which, you know, at 10, 12 issues, it gets to a point with these Tom King series where I'm just like, I, I have to wait. I can't read it month to month. It's too much. But I don't think this is planned for Ten or twelve issues. No, it's just eight. Eight. it's
3: eight. It's just eight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so
4: so you know, I, I'm I'm eager to see where it goes, and and I'm eager to read some more Supergirl. And if it looks as good as this, I'm down.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah. I very much agree. Oh, go ahead, Bob.
3: No, no, go ahead. I'm you're good to go.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with Joey uh wholeheartedly. I was
3: <laughs> <laughs> in was, your face, Bob.
4: <laughs> I was no, no. It's not
2: about that. I was. I have to say though, I was reading it last night. And as I'm reading through it, I'm like, oh, oh. oh. And I had I had Bob in mind. I'm like, oh, he's not going to yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, I was like, I have like my Bob checklist when I read certain characters. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, <laughs> no, this is on Bob's list. This is going to be a hoot. But um, honestly, like, in addition to the absolutely stunning artwork, how nice was it to, and I like Tom King a lot, but the the rhythm of his writing has gotten very pattern oriented for me over the last couple of things that we've read and how nice it was to get to something of his, that is a bit more prosy and a bit more poetic in its way. Like it doesn't have that same delivery to it. I found that to be really refreshing. Does anybody want to?
3: It is, it is different than, Vision is different than Batcat. Is different than a lot of things. Mm-hmm.
4: Batcat, which has been delayed, yeah, pushed push back into twenty twenty
3: two, whatever. Um, what? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
2: There's that book. That's that half of it is out now, or whatever.
3: Yeah, the next half will be next year. Oh yeah. Makes Doomsday <laughs> Clock it. look like it's running weekly. I hadn't
0: heard that. That's if they um, get it in three years, then they beat Doomsday Clock. <laughs> That's unfortunate.
3: <laughs> All right, but it's just—I I read the book. I love this artwork, and I love some of what's going on, but it is just not a Supergirl I've ever read. Mm-hmm. And I've—I've I've read a lot. Again, I haven't recently. I think the right. last one was was sort of the new fifty two where you get or just after the new fifty two, maybe you used to have me back in the Sterling it for one.
2: Gates stuff yes. was the yes. last run that I checked in with, and I thought that
3: was excellent. Yeah, and, and it so. ended way too soon. This is just a supergirl I've never encountered before. And mm-hmm. she is always sort of always hopeful, always moving forward. And to see her in this where I'm looking at a page, I'm going to throw up. Sorry. Well, she's hungover. Yeah, but but she's, why she, would she get to that point?
2: Because she probably went through some, some stuff, crazy man. stuff and she needed to no. unload. And she went to a foreign planet where nobody knew her. She got tanked. She overdid it. And she woke up the next day and had to let it out.
3: People, I've, I've been there. Nope. Yeah, you, you'd be there, but she, no. Uh, to me. I don't know, man.
2: I don't know. No, no. Let's talk about Fantastic Four. Uh, we went to a wedding this past, uh, was it this week or last week that that came out? Last week. Last week. I can't remember. Our recording schedule is yeah. all over the place. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this issue. I thought it was a good time. I almost, I thought we were going to make it through without <laughs> the bomb being dropped. <laughs> And then it's like at the most inopportune time or maybe the best time, depending on what your opinion of it is. But you know, the, the canary started singing and oh boy, there's, there's yeah. going to be blood and a war and all of that. So I don't that think was Dr. awkward Doom and ha- fun as hell.
0: <laughs> Dr. Doom doesn't have a leg to stand on because what happens before the relationship begins shouldn't have bearing on this relationship. First of all,
1: it's not even a relationship. He said it's for the good of Latveria. He said it's a name only, so why does he care?
3: Because Because it's Johnny. Because he's Victor Von Doom and it's Johnny. Exactly right, Johnny. Now,
2: okay. Can we, oh man, we were dancing around this too much. Can we just talk about this? Nah. Yes. Let let him find out. Let him find out. All right. All right. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. Aaron just saved you all thank him thank him in the in the comment section. I just oh, know God, that God.
0: every time I go to a wedding, I dream for moments like this to occur. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Speak wow. now or forever hold your peace. Oh, come on, please. I am the guy
0: who starts looking around the room like, "Come on, somebody. Somebody do it." I know it. you've got something. I can see it.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Oh, Amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, but like, oh, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I w- I was just going to say I've I got to be honest, th- the only weak spot of this run has been these rushed love stories, uh, to, yeah. me, to be yeah. completely honest. They they have not made sense, and they have distracted. They have the potential, if done right, to sort of create, you know, uh, tension and some humor. Like, I can't tell you how hard I laughed at Namor <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with, like, the, the ha-ha-ha that went anyway, that just went all the way across the page um, but it it seems to be so out of place the tension between Sue and Johnny over something that I don't even I don't I don't get it but um, I do think this whole I've sort of read this book as Reed being asked to do this because in the end I do believe that his that is his best friend. I do believe that is Victor's best friend and he he concocted a way to make it so that his best friend could be there that it would be plausible. Mm-hmm. I just I, I really think that's what it was. I don't think it was this where there was no one else or there was blah blah blah. I think it was this this I I respect this person more than than anyone else in the world. This is the only person that has ever sort of been able to match with me and beat me um i respect him more than anyone in the world so in my twisted like very in mind that is my best friend and i want my best friend to be my best man and you know so i think that kind of works that whole sky johnny whatever whatever first of all (laughs)
3: look johnny across the years has been fleeting in his relationships he's been johnny for a long time, whether it was Dory Evans back in the '60s and Crystal and Medusa, and you name it, if there's a woman's come through this book, he's hit on her. This is not out of character for our our boy Johnny. It's not nice, but it's true.
1: <laughs> and I'm sorry if there was ever a reason for somebody to be spying on his dumbass.
2: I like how Doom's whole thing is: "Who dares?" And in this issue
3: we find out. Yeah. <laughs> Namero right. thinks it's very funny. I love it. <laughs> gotta love that. you gotta love some, some some subby. That page has me cracking up. I know, I <laughs> page. It just had me cracking up. And RB Silva, as always, this is incredibly detailed, lovely, cinematic. Artwork's incredible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, But then Uh, Fantastic Four Life... Oh, go ahead, Steve, I'm sorry.
2: No, no, no. I was actually going to ask for you to jump in and and give your opinions of the other things on this list.
1: I am actually... Now with two down, uh, I'm actually enjoying this Fantastic Four Life story. Um, I love that it took Sue's perspective. I love that it was responding to what probably has been, you know, nerd water cooler conversation for generations as, you know, the women's movement has evolved you know, through the ages of the Fantastic Four existing and, and where that, you know, where we where we go from calling her the invisible girl to the invisible woman, and what that means, you know, her meeting Betty for Dan and her, you know, the feminine mystique and all that stuff. I just, I really, really appreciate it. And honestly, I was sort of like, yeah, you need to bounce. Um, <laughs> the whole, I really was. I was like, you, you need to bounce because, yeah, why are you, what? <laughs> I'm like, so um, I just thought it was a really good, storytelling framing thing and i think it is painting this picture of reed being obsessed and almost maniacal at times but we know that he's he's right but there's no way to prove it but you know i don't know i i like the it's giving you that other side of the family that you know some it's great when you have like the heartwarming and touching moments of the family that brings a tear to your eye but it's also great when you see sometimes that the bonds can be stretched pretty much to their limit and see what happens so I, I'm enjoying that part of it.
3: Okay. It was see to me having lived through the period and read them as they were happening. Again, I was a teenager and I didn't get all of what was going on. Really, I, I you read backwards and then see that wow, that was that was odd. That was could have been done better. But we had a, a period where it was Jerry Conway. I, I, John can back me up on this. I hope I'm right. Who actually separated Reed and Sue for a year and a half.
0: Something like that.
3: Where after, after a supervillain battle, little Franklin's powers are growing so quickly and so strongly that the only way to save all of creation is to shut down his mind. So Reed fires one of his doodads at him and turns him into a vegetable, and Sue leaves with Franklin. They're done. They're done for a year. And the person who brings it back together is Prince Namor, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. Just in time for the wedding of of Quicksilver and Crystal, just for fun. So uh, uh, having read that as it was happening, seeing this portrayed this way, for me, having lived through that, I just just see this as a way of, Mr. Conway did the best he could at the situation he had, when he grew up and wrote the books the same way that, you know, Denny O'Neill thought depowering Wonder Woman was a great idea and was empowering for women until he got schooled by Gloria Stein. (laughs) It is, it is easy to look back at somebody else's flaws and pick nits at them. And I think this is good for what it is, I guess from my perspective, having been there, I just see it slightly differently. All right. So, I can you got
1: no, I could see that. No, I mean, listen, you have a, an experience and a connection to them that I, I don't have. You mine are many, many years less than yours, but. I just always thought it was it's Ouch. interesting. Well, okay, <laughs> right.
3: many, many,
1: many. Yeah, yeah, went on a little while. Many. All right, stir that pot. But, um, but I, I, I just always liked the part of the storytelling, the framing of these characters in in the view of the generation that they're in, and it's different. It's different to see them. It's definitely different to see them evolve if you're if you're reading along with them over those years, over those generational changes. But to sort of see it happen, you know, one month and the next mm-hmm. month, I think it's just an interesting perspective because now it's it is kinda of what you're saying. You do have the opportunity to go back and say, Well, I wish they'd done that and then do it, you know, as a writer. Um, you know, the benefit of, you know you know, hindsight.
3: Being twenty twenty always, right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um I just, I just think we're it's probably putting a, f- a 2021 face on this, and this is what a woman today would do versus what a woman in 1963 would do versus a woman in 1970 would do. Versus, you know what I mean? Um, because of the way the the world was structured then, so it's just interesting to see it from those perspectives.
2: Yeah, okay. absolutely. There we go. Are We moving on? Sure, I think so. Right. Joey. Yeah.
4: You're ready. <laughs> okay. Uh okay, so I'll start with a graphic novel I read this week, Days of Sand by Amesh Dejong out of Europe Comics. Um this is Days of Sand part one, so I'm assuming there will be more in the series. It's historical fiction, graphic novels tells the story of a photographer named John Clark who has some daddy issues, uh, in case you need a little extra pathos. But the main story is He gets a job working for the U.S. government in the 30s, taking photographs of the Dust Bowl, uh, Dust Bowl stricken Oklahoma. Really moving comic. You know, he he tries to come to terms with, you know, the purpose of his photography, uh, forging these relationships out here in the panhandle of Oklahoma in the 30s. Um, DeJong... Posted some stuff to her website about you know having traveled to the Dust Bowl. It's all in French, so she's like, "I traveled to the Dust Bowl, the um, Oklahoma," <laughs> and she did research and things like that. It's it's a really great, moving kind of reflection on that time. Side note on Europe Comics: um, it's this network of publishers and creators around uh, Europe who kind of came together to create this digital imprint to um, serve international audiences in digital and English first. So um, they take all these books, translate them, and put them up for, for um, us all to read. So it's very exciting there. I also read Good Luck Number 1. This was uh, number 1 from Boom a couple of weeks ago. Uh, let me start by saying the artwork from Stefano Simeone is really, really awesome. The book is by Matthew Ehrman. The book opens with the good luck god and the bad luck god descending upon earth and like everyone then either has really, really good luck or really, really bad luck. And it's, you know, this like luck becomes quantifiable. And then at the center of our book, we have a bunch of characters who are like negative luck. Like they have ultimate negative luck, but the government has um, recruited them because because they have negative luck, the hope is that they have nothing to lose and can take out the luck gods. So a lot, it's bizarre. It's a really bizarre premise. And I was reading it and I was like, I'm kind of confused, but I'm really interested in where this is going. The whole first issue is them like these like negative luck kids, basically, um, running a simulation to see if they could actually take on the gods, like almost like a video game. It's a really, really cool premise. Really, really cool. First issue. I'm definitely going to check out number two. A few other quick hits here. Uh, I read many deaths of Layla star. Number three, Ramvi and Felipe Andrade. First of all, Felipe Andrade is a superstar. Like the, the yeah. book is amazing. That book is really, really cool too. If you missed the first two issues, read it. Uh, it's just on another level. Uh, many deaths of Layla star also read home. Number three from Julio Anta and Anna, why I'm going to say her name different every time. Um, lots of development for Juan and Aunt Glad- Gladys here. Um, some shocks and surprises that I was not expecting. This is also a really great book, incredibly prescient, relevant, um, but a ton of fun to read, uh, this kind of mashup of really kind of socially conscious, really socially relevant issues with that kind of superhero tropes. Um, Seven Secrets number nine, big twist in this one. If you missed it, read it. I don't I don't want to talk about it. Big twist <laughs> at the end. I was like, what the hell? We'll see where that goes. Uh, I also read Static season, number, uh, Static season one number one. I read it on DC Infinite Universe as well. All of those Milestone books are going to get put up there. So just FYI. This was Vita Ayala, crisscross, Nicholas Draper Ivy on Inks. Stunning artwork. You know, there's a reason why static resonates, and Vita Ayala carries that core character conflict and heroism into this Mm -hmm. new series. It picks up right where that uh, special first issue left off. Um, So, you know, if you missed that kind of big one shot, read that and then jump back into static, uh, because I really, really love this and I'm eager to see where it goes. Last book I'll talk about is a Comicsology submit graphic novel called Adora and the Distance. Uh, this is by Mark Bernadin, who is a TV writer on like Picard, Alphas. He's a journalist and comic book writer, and uh, Ariella Cristantina, who did Insects Ooh, over Insects. at AfterShock, yeah, yeah and Madahari at Dark Horse, uh, with Brian Valenzo on colors and Bernardo Bryce on letters. Like I said, it's Comicsology uh, Comix- original. So here's the pitch. Adora and the distance is a YA fantasy graphic novel following the epic adventures of Adora, a brave young woman of color who lives in a fantastical world with underground pirates, ghosts, and a mysterious force called the distance, which threatens to destroy it all. Really, really cool graphic novel here. Um, very much like the hero's journey, you know, Adora is this, like young precocious kid, the, that- she has these nightmares about the distance. Her like adopted father like gets her like a fellowship. Like there's this guy who goes in. He's like, ah, you'll have my sword, and you'll have my flute, and you'll have my blah. It's a ton of and fun. My axe. Yeah, exactly. And then they get on an underground river boat and they go on their adventure. Um, and there's twists and turns and betrayals, and it's it's a it's a ton of fun and really really fantastical. It's great seeing uh, a, a character who looks like Adora in the center of the story, and there is a framing twist at the end that does kind of come out of left field for me as the reader, but then you read Mark Bernadine's kind of reasoning for why he has this framing device at the end of the the story. And it it takes on a a, a deeply personal level, which I I actually really appreciate it. The artwork um, for those people who did read insects or Matahari, as Bob's reaction kind of alludes to is amazing. Uh, Ariella Cristantina is incredible. Um, so yeah, Adora in the Distance. You know, if you're into YA, if you're into fantasy, um, mm-hmm. check it out. It's a ton of fun. It's actually awesome. a bit. My one quib- quibble with it is, I it could have used another 50 pages. To be honest, uh,
5: you can <laughs> tell, Whoa.
4: like you could tell, like <laughs> like you get to like like page 110, and you're like, how could there only be five pages left in this story? Like you, there, the, the, some of those sequences could have been stretched out, expanded upon. Um, but you know, for, for, for the, the space that he had on a comiXology original book, um, I think they really jam pack it with story. So nice. that was my, that was my big surprise from the last couple of weeks.
2: Sweet. Oh. I, uh, I just grabbed a Dora off of comiXology while you were yapping about it.
4: Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. The, the ending you'll be like, what? But then you read like his afterward and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense
2: cool yeah uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out I got that and I picked up uh, I guess Jeff Lemire did a book with Jacques called Snow, Snow Angels? Angels yeah,
4: yeah. That's, that's been in my queue for a while they just finished season one I think so oh.
2: yeah you should be able to read the whole first volume of it nice. yeah I just grabbed the first one I didn't even know about it gotta get something for that <laughs> <laughs> I no it's my own fault I don't take advantage of it enough too many comics to read um i you talked about good luck right yeah yeah i'm a, i'm a good deal that's a meaty book there's a Dude. lot going on yeah
4: i was like oh so like i was reading it and i was like oh like 28 30 pages i was like oh the back must be ads or something but it went all the way it was like 26 27 pages worth of story and i was like there's so much world building that goes into this first yes. issue, in addition yes. to the whole like simulation element of it. So like the actual conflict of this the series hasn't even really picked up yet, Uh, because this first issue was like a simulation of the mission they're about to go on. So right. I'm like, I have to read the next issue now to see if it pans out. You know? Um, yeah, like
2: it's a ton of fun. Wor- the world is crazy, but I'll tell you right now, I'm looking at it, and I got to. So this is a 32 pager. When once I got to page 20 and saw how much like how much more conversation there was on that page, I was halfway in the bag. I was like, all right, it's time to go to bed and read this <laughs> with a clear head because obviously we're gonna be doing some major world building here. And I'm shuffling through the pages right now, and there are a lot more pages that are just like that one that made me stop reading. Oh, yeah. But very cool though. And oh, it looks yeah. great too. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, let me think. There was I
4: another don't... boom number one that came out, I think, last week, which was uh, Save Yourself or something like that. Save Yourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, by, by Bones Leopard or something like that, um, <laughs> which is the coolest name. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't get a chance to read that one because we were catching up from the 500. Um, but that one also has like these like video game elements to it. So I, I'll definitely read that one for next time.
2: Man, your whole list this week i gotta get i gotta start reading the many deaths of layla star again i've only read the first issue i know i know but that first issue blew me away and i just i haven't gone back to it yet uh good luck i'm part of the way through red static really enjoyed that gonna keep picking that one up uh don't have the dc infinite frontier universe exterior (laughs) whatever it's called so uh happy to to pay for that and read that though it's very very cool first issue.
4: Oh yeah, and Crisscross's artwork is like there's nothing else like it, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's um. I'm trying to think of. I can't remember the name. There was a moment or two where there was a couple of pages that reminded me of Guri Hiru, oddly yeah. enough.
4: Yeah, yeah, it has that like kind of um that manga. Elements yeah. too. Yeah. Something about the
2: shapes yeah. to the faces mm-hmm. when they were looking mm-hmm. like dead on. Mm-hmm. It it, had it comes that, to
4: that it, like the to chin it. comes to the point. Yes, you know? exactly. I mean, what yes, it is. yes.
2: And
0: the
4: color palette on
2: that, in that
0: book. book was amazing. Oh, the yeah. I, I yeah.
4: love the digital. It it looks so good. The digital mm-hmm. line work, the digital links, it looks so good.
1: Yeah. I love that book. I mean, yeah. I I really, really did. I didn't know what to expect. My I was happy that there was teen angst but just enough teen angst not to get on my nerves um you know because it was it was justified teen angst um because the way that it was it it was about a real problem you know it was about you know the 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 anger and the sadness was about a real problem it wasn't about you know oh my god i can't get a ps5 or something like that you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) That's, was, I believe
4: that's your angst and
1: that anger. Was that was my projecting anger. onto. That the was my angst. That's I, you see where I am going. I am drawing a thread here, um, but you know, it was like I thought in that moment I was going to die. You know, and now this thing has happened, and none of us, no one really knows what to do about it, and blah blah blah. I just, I really loved it, and I, I, I don't know, I, I, and again, I am going to say some of the same things I said about Fire Sector. Spoilers coming up. um about far sector um in that i love some of the details some of the visual details that will speak to me and probably not everyone i love you know virgil's hair i love virgil's sister's hair i you know what i mean i love the the outfits i love specifically you know some of the color palettes about it all i you know i love the different shades of brown i love that everyone's not the same complexion i love those minor things that mean a lot when you are trying to represent and i think the story was was real i think you know i i think the this the language the speech the, the the characterization was it did not speak like a 70 year old white man trying to draw these teens right on um, which i i think is exactly what we needed so i i loved it and then i told you about seven secrets number nine that's all i'm gonna say i told you in the chat so...
2: I told, you, I told for, uh, you before. Before we get too far away from it, for Vita fans, if you go to uh, Progressively Horrified's feed, they recently did an episode about uh, Annihilation.
4: Oh. with That
2: crew. Ooh. It is an outstanding episode of that podcast in my top five of all time for them. It's outstanding, and they just Vita lends so much insight to that movie. It's crazy. The whole, the whole crew does that movie some real justice. And if you, if you're a fan, you should definitely check that episode out.
4: When Vito, when Vito was on talking comics, uh, they talked about <laughs> annihilation. When we asked them about wilds, remember Wilds? Yeah.
2: That's that right. Yes. Yeah. 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 They talk, they talk about it on, on progressively horrified as well. Um, it was it was actually a really funny moment. I won't spoil it for you. It's <laughs> right, really good. I'll check. I'll check that out.
1: So it was yeah. in the first or first or second four hours of that episode. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh gosh, um, no, no. no, dude. But Seven Secrets. I like that book is just like consistently surprising and
1: so much fun. Like just so mm-hmm. much fun. I got to the end. I'm like, wait, who? Who am I supposed to root for now? And I'm like, <laughs> like, wait a second. I have to oh, go back and man. rethink this now. Like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't I don't know anymore. I'm like, I I feel like I'm I'm still rooting for the right people, but mm, Nah, man.
4: They I don't know what's gonna good be, point. I don't know what's gonna be revealed. I don't know. I don't know how long hmm. this series is going for. I don't know I don't know what the end game is. Now that they've added fairies and mare horses, <laughs> anything could happen. <laughs> You know, like anything could happen, so I just, I, I, I'm just like, give me another seven secrets, just pass it, pass it down you, the
1: line. And did you notice how the main character, the 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 kid whose name I can't remember for some reason right now? Why am I dumbing up on his name? The son, whatever. Anyway, he kid was barely in it. Oh yeah, totally. You don't need him. He yeah. don't even think he even spoke a word in his entire. He was just in the background shit. the whole time. Yeah. He was yeah, just sp- there, him. just walking in and out of
4: panel, <laughs> basically. <laughs> hey, he I'm still
1: so <laughs> here. He gave a wry smile at one, on one panel, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I love it. But Nice. That
0: book's yeah, got legs. I mean, it, they're just nine issues in, and it's, it's got so many stories to tell. I hope oh, it doesn't yeah. end soon.
2: I'm telling you right now, end of the year awards. I know we're, we're a couple months away, but I think <sighs> one of the categories that's going to be really hard this year is ongoing series. Technically, we are halfway done with the year. Yes yeah, we are. Yeah. Yes yeah, we are. Technically. There's a lot of there's a lot of bolded stuff on my list, and there's a lot of passion for things that I've heard throughout our conversations this year. And I, I have a feeling I know a few that are gonna make it to that list, or at least want to make it to that list. It's gonna be uh the, our tenth one. It's gonna be heated. Ooh. heated. I, mean,
1: oh, I mean, I'm confused because technically and actually we're halfway through the year. I don't
3: yeah. understand. It's not
0: literally, we're halfway through the year. <laughs> yeah. like we're actually yeah.
1: halfway. Listen, <laughs> no. I, I was confused. I'm like, did I did I miss the start of the year? Was it? Are we on a different calendar? We hit pause
2: this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, does anybody else have any comments or questions for Joey?
3: No, except okay. it costs me money, but that's okay.
2: Yeah, you just ate up all of my reading time for the next week. <laughs> hey. like I got caught up with everything. Hey, I
4: just bought a job. Dora too. <laughs> you don't know, if you if you're a Comixology Unlimited member, you do not have to buy it.
2: I know, I borrowed it. Yep. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm making use, man. I'm doing my part.
4: And if you are an Amazon Prime <laughs> Kindle reader, you also do not have to buy it.
2: <laughs> there's a, there's that crazy talk not. again.
4: And then John's like, crap, I just did it again. <laughs> I just bought something I didn't need to buy. But, oh, to, be no! honest, but to be honest, I actually I, – I think it was only what, like seven, eight bucks? It was six ninety
0: nine. Yeah. yeah.
4: So that's the other thing I really liked about uh, – basically I've, I've been reading like – I've read like three or four graphic novels over the past couple of weeks because I've noticed uh, particularly on Comixology – a lot of digital publishers are putting them out for you know, $5.99, six ninety nine dollars 99 $7.99 for like a 140-page graphic novel, right?
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, Days of Sand was like that. I'm reading one right now also from Eurocomics called Nowhere Girl, which is like a coming-of-age story, also very French, um, about a, a, a girl who like loves the Beatles. Um, so you know it's a wonderful story. I think it was like $5.99. You know? So I think a lot of these digital publishers in particular – are, you know, getting their name out by putting out these really good stories at reasonable prices. You know, am I gonna pay five ninety nine for Joker number three? Or am I gonna pay five ninety nine <laughs> for a whole novel? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and to be able to experiment and maybe check out another publisher, all that good stuff. It's almost like an image model where you like them give,
0: give it at a decent price and people will come in and get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll buy six ninety nine any day of the week for a graphic novel.
2: There you have it. John will buy all your books if they're in and around 6 I will buy your books even if I get it for free, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Aaron, since you seem so eager to talk about Far Sector, why don't you do a lightning round? Just going to blow up my spot like that. All right, here we go. I'm
1: catching up. I had some backlog stuff going in here, so I'm catching up with represent 12 through 14. So hadn't gotten around to them for the last couple of, uh, issues, but I'm just not, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about all of them, but I am going to say that they are sort of changing direction a little bit of, as to what they're talking about. These subject matters are not necessarily as, well, not in all of them as, uh, involved with external things happening to these individuals that are causing them to, you know, sort of look at where they fit into the world, but rather their internal struggles. And it's interesting that two of these stories are specifically about that. The first story, uh, issue uh, number 12, The Water's Edge uh, Within Reach, is by Daniel Ibert and Coy Turnbull. Uh, essentially, you have this character who is uh, signed up to, to to do a triathlon. Um, and it really is just taking you through the, the individual steps of his progression to to making that decision and going through that process and it really turns out not to not to be about him doing it and persevering and 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 winning and all that stuff because and I'm not going to spoil the end but it's really about him pushing himself to the limits and and realizing what that means and what it meant to do that as a child and you know how that shaped him and molded him to where he is now. It's not one of those feel good Disney type stories. It's a, you know, it's a story that I think will speak to people who just live in the real world, which I think is, is I think it's, it's a good twist for these, some of these stories. The next one, number 13, who hired her is actually the first of all of their stories that I think um, maybe the second, but the first of all their stories that I think has actually introduced more of a superhero. We, uh, tone to it. um, but there's a twist. Uh, again, it's called Who Hired Her by Kea Brown and uh, Don Hudson and Nick Filardi. Um And the story really centers around um, a woman who I'm, I'm assuming works for some super secret agency. It's never really explained, but it's a lot of high tech stuff. Um, and as the as the story opens, she has assigned a partner, a partner that turns out to be a little girl. Um, and uh, obviously hilarity ensues in the sense that they don't really want to work together, but they have to. The little girl has the ability to open up portals, and the portals are taking them to interesting points. I don't want to spoil it, but the points in the portal are significant to one of the characters' humanity, you know, what their pain, their suffering, their um, their experiences, and, and how that has shaped them um, and what that. And how that plays out, it it gives, to be honest with you, it is very, it gives you some Tom King vibes. I'm going to be honest with you, based on, you know, especially what we considered, we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, Interesting story, though. Um, The last one is, I'll catch up. Uh, This is actually one that is a little bit, is is very much relevant. Um, And it's actually by Camus Johnson, Tony Atkins, Tony Atkins, and... um, you might recognize Kiermas Johnson. That name. He is actually the guy that plays Lucas Fox on uh, Batwoman.
2: Wow. Yeah. 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 Totally.
1: So yeah. So he wrote this story. He's got a, quite a bit of a you know media, you know, content out there. Short stories and I'm sorry, short films, um, all kinds of things out there. You know, in the zeitgeist. So I right, go check him out out there. Um, so Scott, I'll catch up. And it's really just telling the story of how his younger brother would come visit him in New York, and he'd always try to give him the best experience, um, but, you know, that often involved shielding him from the things that were really not that great. You know, they have an experience with a police officer at the train station. You can see, you can imagine how that goes. They have another experience that same day with a police officer. You can imagine how that goes. Um, and it really just talks about how, you know, and even at some point you're going to have to rip the bandaid off and let the kid understand that there is this aspect of the world that you're going to have to learn to live in. And they have an experience. Um, where they find themselves at the kid, the younger brother's first protest, that you know is pretty tense, um, very relevant, um, and you know it's a well told story. But I think uh, I again continue to say recommend. I would recommend these things. They're shifting gears a little bit into what they're talking about in terms of internal versus external struggles, but I think it's worth the read. And again, they're very short and they're like under a dollar each. Next book, Strange Academy, number 11. I continue to love this book. Scotty Young, Humberto Ramos. This We find ourselves with a little bit of a mystery afoot. Um, it took a dark turn in the beginning. I don't know if anyone else has read it, but it took a dark turn where we find one of our students smashed and shattered to pieces dead in the hallway. <laughs> like, um, well, I didn't see that coming. You know, this isn't a Disney thing. Um but we find ourselves with a little bit of a mystery. to trying to backtrack and find out how this happened, why this happened, who did this, and you know how will this affect the school and the kids? Uh, and we have to bring in a detective. Um, and it is you may know who this detective is. It's just, I don't want to spoil it because I thought it was very interesting to introduce them into this this, this world. Um, mm. But it was an interesting it was an interesting device for this story. Um, it, I continue to love this book. The art continues to, to tell the story that the 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 words are are are. The art continues to uplift the story that the words are telling, um, and I will continue to 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 shout the praises of this book forever and ever and ever, as long as it runs. Um, the last <laughs> book. <sighs> oh, Here we go.
3: We're all <laughs> going we go. there, Aaron. Go for it.
1: <laughs> Pour, Pour one out. One out. Uh, Far Sector number 12, N.K. Jemison, Jamal Campbell, stellar, stellar, stellar. Just to give just a quick rundown, the bottom line for this whole story is a murder drew this Green Lantern, this special Green Lantern to this area at the farthest reaches of the universe that no other Green Lantern has ever been to. These this this is a society of people who turn their emotions off, and this murder threatens that whole society. And in the end, we learn that that is really what this was all about. Uh, and this episode really brings that whole story home. It's about choices. It's about choices being taken away. It's about learning, you know, what that means to be disenfranchised. It's about voter oppression and you know, what emotions can do, what they can cost, what they can, you know. All these things we have these characterizations that are just amazing. We have this artwork that is just amazing, um, and to have it in this—I succinct, I will absolutely buy every version of this book that comes out in hardcover, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when collected, and just literally, you know, just dedicate an entire room,
3: you know, to be my. First want, to we want the director's cut, right? We want the sketches. We want the script. I want this yeah, oversized.
2: The hardcover deluxe edition, absolutely,
1: yes. The absolute everything. edition. Yeah, everything about this book. I mean, they really did bring the story home. They made it very clear. You know, it really was a situation where we have. You know, there's a vote. There was a critical vote that was going on, and the critical vote really would determine the direction that the society would go in. And there were people that were so desperate to have this vote occur that you know, they had to murder someone. They had to murder someone to shake it up. And that's how the whole story starts. And this sort of brings that story back to, you know, the forefront um, and what it could mean. Uh, But again, like I said, we had some voter suppression going on there because there's obviously people on the other side of the house that don't want that Mm -hmm. to happen. They like their society the way it is. They like their society all nice and neat and easily controlled. And Joe is there to basically shake that shit up. Yeah. Stay the course. Basically. (laughs) She's like, "I'm, I'm not on board with all of this. Um, so um, this the, the combination of, of intrigue and mystery and just and humor at times and just the reality of of a superhero who isn't walking around with her hands on her hips like she has all the answers, but rather wrestling with the fact that she does at times feel inadequate and she can relate, I love it. I, I love it, love it, love it. I don't want any other writer to write this character. I just don't. I, I know there are many, many many qualified writers out there i don't care
3: i don't want that <laughs> as, as you put it though Aaron, so far no one has no exactly yeah. they they have not
1: written this character they've written someone who looks a little bit like her, um <laughs> and, and a couple other books and i say a little bit because clearly she hit the gym or something in their versions because you know she's this bone thin wow. botox or whatever yeah. but whatever <laughs> Um, and that's not who Joe is, and I and I say that with all affection. She is a real black cop out in the other on the other side of the universe, you know, doing her thing by herself. She's got no back. I would have to I would have to say that she's probably the, one of the bravest of all the Greenlanders because she's got no backup. Yeah. No one's going to get that. if something goes down. First of all, she doesn't have the ring that works the way the rest of those work. No one's going to get to her. If something happens, she's she's done. She's out there. She's there's there's no train back to you know to this side Mm -hmm. of the galaxy. So I I I, and I love that about I love that that separated her from the rest of them. I don't want her back, I've said this before. I don't want her in the mix with the Justice League. I don't want her I don't want any of that. I I want this whole side of the universe to be exactly what it
3: is and to stay there.
0: (laughs) So that's my lightning round.
3: Okay, Joe as a character is so layered and you can tell honestly it's a novelist writing it it's a Mm -hmm. slow burn it grows she wants to believe the best in everybody but she's a cynical person at the same time (laughs) yep and Mm -hmm. that works so well because i think we all fall into that we're in between and it, it just it sings it absolutely sings it's a great mystery it's a great personal story the art is incredible by jamal campbell and that this, look, we had twelve wonderful issues. I want twelve dozen more.
1: I'll be honest with you. As much as her story is amazing, I don't think it would be the same book without Jamal Campbell. I agree. I just, mm-hmm. I don't think it would. Just the, the, the texture and the coloring and the, the shapes and the, just the attention it, to it, detail. It's, yeah. it's
3: film noir grit. As well as outer space gloss, at the same time, it's an amazing combination. And real people populate his artwork. Real yep. people.
1: It's just I don't, I just love everything. Just even the the close up scenes. There's just these little things. The close up scenes. There's a shot with Joe where she is talking to one of the um military. And there's this she is giving them like a full frontal side eye <laughs> her eyes are squinted and i'm like i have seen that look like every woman in my life i know that look i know that half squinted eye basically saying i will beat your ass get me a, get me a switch <laughs> basically yeah. exactly i have seen that look and i'm like they, they actually put that on page i'm like that's I don't know how you even capture that. Um, it's I yeah the every little thing, every little detail is just paid. The lettering, just the lettering itself is different. Just all of that stuff. It's I, this book is a special, special thing that I, it's it's clearly the best thing that DC has done in in many many years.
2: I have this mental image of you clutching an absolute version. Of that story with a Bowie knife in your teeth. And in the other hand is a leash with mocha. Just like like, whoever comes near you to try and get it. It's like back away from me. Everyone's going down. I'll cut you, man. I'll cut
1: you. uh, Cut you to the white meat shows.
2: I, uh, (laughs) on that note, I, uh, you inspired me to catch up with strange Academy over the last week, and uh, I too have read the tragic tale of Toth. We'll call it, and uh, I think somebody needs to get their power set under control because <laughs> it's causing some uh, some death like shenanigans around the school. And man, like you talk about how you can't imagine Far Sector having another artist. Yeah, I feel that way about strange Academy that if one day I open this and it's not Humberto Ramos, I'm just going to be so sad. Yeah. That would be hard. That would be hard to, it would be, I don't think it's impossible to do this series with someone else, but we've had enough issues. Now we've had 11 issues of staying in that look in that world that that is the world to me at this point in time, it would be really hard to move on from it. Yeah.
1: I, I do love – you're right about the, the power sets. I think that's what's making this so much fun. We don't know who these characters are, so they could basically throw anything on the table, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. just have to – okay, that that must be what it is.
2: <laughs> I really hope that this is a thing that sticks around, or maybe if it ends at any point that they revitalize it and maybe have a new class of kids come in. This – the platform that they have with strange Academy is so good and so cool. And these characters are so compelling and interesting and they care about each other. The relationships are really involving. And I just, I love this book. I I read like three issues in a row to catch up and immediately I was right back there in those halls and it was amazing. It was such, such a fun series. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Indeed. All right. So that is, does anybody else uh, have any questions or comments for Aaron before we uh, move on to John? No, sir. No. All right, John, dazzle me. <laughs>
0: was you I was going to do the entire run of Dazzler. Um, I'm in. That's I'm like, in. Like, first of all, that's like five issues. Wow. No, oh,
3: it's only it's like twenty. I've got a double run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's also an
3: original graphic novel, I do I believe. that's that, too.
4: That graphic novel's actually pretty good.
3: Yes, it is.
0: That whole series isn't bad. Um, no, all, right, all right, I'm, with, uh, I'm going Nightwing, uh, number 78 through 81. So this is Tom Taylor, uh, Art Bruno Redondo, Colors Adriano Lucas, and then Letters by Wes Abbott. Uh, so Nightwing, also known as Dick Grayson, also known as the first Robin, Also known as the second best Robin, is back in Bloodhaven. (laughs) No, I I didn't stutter. Okay. Um,
4: (laughs) He's a Tim Draker, I believe. Am I right? (laughs) You'll find out. Uh, Did you read Um, (laughs) Batman
2: Urban Legends
0: number four, John?
4: This is John's lightning round, (laughs) Steve.
0: No, no, Steve, I didn't take a loan or a second mortgage out to afford that issue. (laughs) It's very good. It's going places, I think. Okay. Um, So Dick is back in Bloodhaven. Uh, He's back in the suit. Apparently, he had a case of amnesia after being shot in the head, uh, which, you know, happens. Um, <laughs> Dick is now a billionaire. Uh, he inherited uh, a lot of money from Alfred because when Alfred got his, his when Alfred oh, yeah. got his head rearranged in uh, City of Bane, apparently he had been investing alongside Bruce for some time. Oh, wasn't Alfred unlike, dead?
3: Wait a minute! Time out! Time out! Alfred's dead, isn't he? Yeah,
4: Alfred
0: yeah, died. That's, oh, okay,
3: yeah, That's All how
4: right. inheritances work, Bob. Yeah, yeah Bob. <laughs> All right.
3: Come on.
0: Yeah. You you write a will and you leave things to people, and Dick is now a billionaire and he needs to figure out what to do with all the money because Alfred gave it to him so that he could do something uh good with it. And he trusted Dick to spend the money wisely. Well, anybody who knows Bloodhaven, where organized crime runs the city, uh, you have Blockbuster, uh the the kind of the powerhouse running everything. And then you got the the Maroney family, the Zuko family. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, and, and it's not going to just be fists and and uh, vigilante justice that's going to get it done. And and that's kind of where Taylor is taking the book. Um, and, and I like I like I like the potential here. Um, I have been away from Nightwing for some time. Uh, I just I, I I think I was around for a little bit of the rebirth. Uh, and then I left, and, and uh, Nightwing has the potential to get redundant, but this feels like a new um, uh, new take on it. I, I like Taylor. I think he's one of the, the best writers out there right now. Um, he's, he's dealing with homelessness, uh, um, uh, kind of the haves and the have-nots, um, uh, the, that, that kind of aspect, and Dick is going from – I mean, he's always had Bruce's money, but now that he has his own money, he feels uncomfortable with it. Um, You have some great guest stars. You get Tim Drake, a.k.a. The Best Robin. Um, (laughs) And you get Barbara. Oh, God. There's this great scene where Barbara and Dick are being interrogated by two cops. And one of the cops asks, so what's your situation? And the look Dick gives Barbara. And he goes, I've been wondering that for years. Mm. Um, It's just really, really good stuff uh and Dick got a puppy. Um so now there's a new new bat dog in the family. Yes. But but Redondo's art is it's just beautiful. It's so clean. Um it, it this book has some great callbacks to the the early Nightwing issues by Chuck Dixon and Scott McDaniel. Wow. But it, okay. it, it it's it's going in in a really good direction. Um it it's it's, it's kind of I don't want to say it's on par with Daredevil, but when 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 you get a good creative team on a character like daredevil or nightwing you can do some really good stories and i think that nightwing has the potential to be uh have a really good long form story here and as long as dc doesn't screw it up by you know <laughs> charging me 10 dollars an issue I, i'm going to stick around for a while on this one um the second book i wanted to bring to the table was infinite frontier number 1 uh, writer Joshua Williamson, Art Zermonico, colors Romulo Fajardo Jr., and then letters by Tom Napolitano. All right, so it's DC Comics. So, of course, there's a new crisis brewing. Um, what's funny, this cracks me up, and I, Bob might remember this. In 1985, they promised that there was just going to be one crisis, and they weren't going to do it again. And here we are 30, 36 years later, 14 crises in (laughs) there's a, there's like four different crises going on at any one time. Um, This book picks up in the wake of, of the abysmal death metal, um, as well as, as generations shattered and forged. Uh, This book picks uh, continues the tales of justice incarnate, which is a justice league comprised of heroes, uh, from the dc multiverse led by the president superman of earth 23 very cool very very cool uh, so this would be what uh ta-nehisi Coates is uh working on for the movie quite possibly yeah. uh as they solve a new threat to the multiverse um now in the wake of death metal apparently everybody in the world knows about the multiverse um and it's becoming harder to defend uh, this issue is a lot of setup you got um you know Uh, You got the team coming back together. You got the Thomas Wayne um, Batman from, uh, uh, God, what was the book that predated? Flashpoint.
3: Flashpoint.
0: Flashpoint. Um, And then you get uh, some great callbacks to the original crisis. Uh, You can never recapture that moment uh, that build up to the original crisis, but this book feels like it's paying a lot of homage to that. Um, And, and, I really like Joshua Williamson's superhero stories. His flash run was really well done. Uh, I, I think that this, I like this book. I think it could have used a different artist. I think Zermonico's great on justice league dark, but I would have liked to see somebody a little bit brighter, a little bit more uh, in like maybe an Yvonne Reese or someone along those mm-hmm. lines. Um, but I, I, for a six issue miniseries, I liked a lot of this stuff here. I love the multiverse when it's done right. Uh, I like alternate superheroes, so I I will stick this one out and see where it goes. I just worry that that DC is going to take us to another infinite crisis, crisis on multiple multiple many more multiple infinite Earths, um, and they're just going to create a mess of it again. And I, I just I hope it doesn't come to that, but. If it, if it's like this, uh, I'll be around for a while, and uh, hopefully, this is a good little miniseries, and I'm done.
4: When uh, when when that one guy was uh, it was was it was it it was it was Psycho Pirate, right? Yeah, be the psycho, psycho Pirate. Pirate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Psycho Pirate was like a crisis is coming. I was like, bro, no Not again, no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like that. I was like that Office GIF. I was like, <laughs> no, no. You want to you no. want to smack his hands like no, no. Oh no. gosh. But I, I agree. It was a ton of fun. The, I love the multiversal elements of the DC mm-hmm. Universe. I love President Superman. I thought it was such a cool, cool thing. Um, I didn't mind the artwork as much because it, it did feel kind of house style to me. Yeah. you know, It didn't really feel like anything special, which – Again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with, but I agree, you yeah. know, put something a little bit more exciting on it. I love the kind of random allusions to doomsday clock, you know. <laughs> yeah. Again, I did not read Death Metal. I think you're the only person that read all of Death Metal. Yeah, um, and and
3: and we we salute your bravery. <laughs> yeah, we salute
4: you. The entire multiverse salutes you for that. <laughs> Thank um, you. But these but these like passing references to be like, yeah, this like omnipotent figure just changed our lives and then it just moves on from there and it's like oh okay all right this was gonna be a big deal it was gonna be a big deal but but i i I loved it i had a lot of fun with it i i was expecting it to be on dc infinite universe but you know i didn't have a problem spending the five bucks on it i think it was 40 pages worth of story and like you said josh williamson He's he's a sleeper over there at at, yeah, at DC, you know. Like everyone, everyone looks stupendous and all of that. But um, uh, I think Joss Williamson has been a, a real workhorse over at the DC ever since the Rebirth Flash and um, the Button.
1: Oh, remember the button. The, button?
4: That was good the button? uh uh I, I I I'm in. I'm in for it.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm definitely on board with this. I really, really, really love the Alan Scott stuff, the the JSA mm-hmm. stuff. I always have a soft spot for them after I read their that whole run. Um, I have to say, there were a couple points where I chuckle with the family with Batman lands, and she's like, "We moved out of the city to escape all this craziness." <laughs> she's like, "Why would someone ship us a Batman?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just love that whole thing. I'm like, okay, I like that humor. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. When we get into the the multiversal crisis stuff, I was like, uh, yeah. We uh, can we just can we? But that JSA stuff, I'm like, I want all of that. Oh, you I didn't ta- you didn't just bad.
3: say that? You didn't just say that, Aaron. Don't say JSA. You got me now.
1: They, oh I, yeah, listen, it's it's front and center, front and center. Okay. The JSA, JSA stuff. Alan's
0: got Obsidian and Jade. Yep. Oh no, wait, wait, and oh, they wait, no, and they, Bob. they
1: meet. At the JSA
4: headquarters at the brownstone, the old townhouse. Yeah, I think Alan Scott is going to be one of the
3: pillars of this series. Yeah, 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 I think so. Especially
1: since he came out to his kids the last issue. Mm -hmm. You
3: guys Mm -hmm. are talking, talking it up. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
4: it's it's another series too that like you know we could read like a Marvel book and I'll be like I know that character, I know that character, I could Mm -hmm. quip about that character. The thing I like about the DC is I know enough to like read a story and 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 get it but there's enough in a book like this that i have to go look up and i love doing those deep dives um you know i I, and like the way that like reading a book will kind of make me draw those lines out and and like go to dc infinite and like find another series to read like the alan scott stuff happened and i was like oh the I, I forgot. I, I want to read that Midnighter book that, that y'all have been talking mm-hmm. about. So then I went on and yeah. I found Steve Orlando's Midnighter and I'm like, okay, so, so it's a whole corner of the universe that I'm eager to explore more. And like these kinds of mini series, number ones are like jumping on points yeah. that I can get behind.
0: Did you um, ever read Abby Chase, the chase book by J.H. H. Williams? No, but it but that character happened, and I was like, yeah, "I so, want to read this." <laughs> go back and read that. That that's a great little. I know it's
3: like five or six issues. Love it. Uh, that's my. That's it's my beautiful shit. though. Yeah, way way off track. Did anyone see the teaser for the upcoming season of Stargirl? Girl? No. no, I no. did not. Jade, Jakeem oh. Thunder, and the Thunderbolt. Nice. Just saying. Mm, I thought I seen the Jake and Thunder or something
1: somewhere.
2: Say I, I thought I saw that. you,
3: yeah. me. <laughs> okay, Lionel. Say it together.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, that's going into its third season? Right, second second, second, second. Oh, second, but it got picked up for a third.
3: Got picked up for a third. Uh, already,
2: the, yep. The CW okay.
0: just renewed everything, except Black, as they Black do. Lightning. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, <no laughs> yeah. They even renewed Supernatural, and that uh, that was a little awkward. You yeah. um, <laughs> Nobody else is paying attention to supernatural, I guess. Um, no, I saw, I saw the shade on Twitter between the two of them. Yeah, it was, was, was. Yeah, a but weird. he's
0: got Walker minus Chuck Norris, so he's yeah.
2: Like- I mean, I'm I'm not gonna get into a whole thing. That'd be pretty <laughs> messed up, though. if That's really the way it went down. What I, I I'm lost? Tell me. They're they're doing a prequel series to Supernatural. Okay, it's, and a, just it's, ending, two brothers, it's right? the two brothers, right? Yeah, right. One of the brothers, but the only guy. only, <laughs> only uh, <laughs> Jensen <laughs> Eccles is involved. Jared Padalecki <laughs> wasn't even called. Wow, that's, that's awful. That's terrible. That's terrible. It is awful. It's it is terrible. Supergirl it's, is uh,
4: ending this season, though, right?
3: Yes, they actually started early because Superman and Lois had to. Uh, knockdown production because of COVID. Okay. So they put half the Supergirl season up already. Okay. And then the rest will play out this summer, and that'll be the end of Supergirl.
4: I think I'm going to try and catch up. I think this is sixth season, right?
3: Might be seventh.
4: Okay. Then I still, I think I have three seasons to catch up on.
3: Some good Do stuff it. in there. Do it.
4: Yeah, no, I, I always I always
2: really liked Supergirl. I really did. John was this your for oh, oh my god my voice cracked <laughs> is this your first time reading these uh, Nightwing issues uh, I, I read the first Taylor uh, and then
0: I, I they sat and then I caught up on all four of them okay. four or five of them um, yeah I just I read them in one big chunk and I think I, that's when I set out the the messages like Nightwing it, it, this don't sleep on this this is going to be a good book
2: I think Yeah, it's early enough in the run that you can go back and do it from the beginning really quick and just refresh yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Nightwing is outstanding stuff. And uh, I guess I'm going to have to read this Infinite Frontier as well. Man, this is an expensive episode. (laughs) I hate this. Hey, man. 501. 501. (laughs) Jumping all points. Costing everybody money. (laughs) Jumping all (laughs) (laughs) points. All right. Uh everybody good? Any more comments or questions for John? Nope.
3: How was Nightwing's butt in the in these issues? <laughs> well, there's a, the a comment the in internet.
0: here. Okay. They were talking about the suit and Barbara goes, "Well, you do wear the tightest suit of us all." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bronwyn Bronwyn has actually been very disappointed with the lack of night butt in <laughs> this uh, run so far.
0: Yeah, if you're here for the night, but this is not the run for you. See, if you're here for your quality story, then you're in. Oh, that's good too. You know, and it could still show up. It could still show up.
2: (laughs) 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 It's in the other part of town, (laughs) fighting crime.
0: He has it in his contract for this issue. He doesn't show the night, butt till like
3: issue seven. (laughs) Better the night, butt than the bat, whatever. I will just say it that way. Listen.
2: I demand. You demand? I demand demand satisfaction.
3: I can't get no. (laughs) Delay a bat cat.
0: We'll get that satisfaction in
5: 2024.
2: I want my my night butt. I want my bat cow, and I want my Damien. That's what I want. Here we go. Okay. Well
4: Where's Aaron? Aaron. Aaron. I will not be triggered. I will not fall (laughs) into it.
2: Aaron's just muting me
1: at this point. I'm like, nope, not doing it.
2: All right, somebody give me some lightning so I can talk about some complex All right, you got three minutes. Here we go. (laughs) Three Three minutes. minutes. (laughs) Stray Dogs number five, the final issue, written by Tony Fleeks, art by Trish. Sorry, Trish Forstner. Colors by Brad Simpsons, Layouts by Tony Rodriguez and Chris Burnham, Flats by Lauren Perry, and Logo and Design by Lauren Herta. Jess, if you're out there listening, <laughs> do not read this book. As Okay, so the first two issues of this run, I was like we might make it through this. We like this. This is going to be nice. This is going to be perfectly okay. This is not okay. Not okay. This series is like old yeller (laughs) 9,000. Jesus. They don't all get it, but I'm just as a, as a trigger warning for people, if animal death disturbs you, there are definitely some dead animals in this series. That being said, this was an outstanding little mini series. And there's going to be another one. They announced at the back of this final issue that stray dogs, I believe it's called dog days is coming, is coming out. The the same team is returning and they're going to do another round of these stories. It's a really cool, like serial killer detectives story, but with house dogs and, and it's really brutal and you're going to get upset. But as far as execution goes,
3: don't it say was execution. Fantastic. Don't say execution. Oh, <laughs> my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> Moving on. Freudian slip. Freudian slip.
2: Yes. So as you know, I've been reading the Black Hammer universe. I read Black Hammer numbers 1 through 13, Black Hammer Age of Doom numbers 1 through 12, and Black Hammer Reborn number 1. Uh, Lots of people on these books, including Jeff Lemire, Dean Ormström, Dave Stewart. Caitlin Yarsky is on that Black Hammer Reborn number one. And Nate Picos of Blambot is also a part of the creative team. So wrapping all of it into one thing. This is what I will say. I am not going to go through the individual issues and volumes and whatever. Uh, I read all of the main story stuff. This was all in preparation to check out Caitlin's debut for Black Hammer Reborn. Really, really excited about that. Uh, it is a Pulpy Southern. I hope it's Southern Gothic. I've been saying that on the show. Hopefully, I am not wrong. Uh, correct me if I am. Pulpy Southern Gothic superhero book. Here is the deal. I really like the characters. I like how weird the story is and the world is. There's lots of great stuff going on here. I will say that at one point in the story, um, I believe at the end of Black Hammer 13, once you're, you basically get an idea as to what's going on in uh, the town where these superheroes are stuck. They've been there for quite a long time And you get the impression that there was some kind of superhero event that landed them there. When I actually found out what was going on, we peeked behind the curtain. I was a little unsurprised by what I had learned. I was kind of like, well, yeah, of course. And so it not really deviating from that into the Black Hammer, Age of Doom, and it just kind of continuing that thread, I kind of expected there to be a bigger reveal for me. And it just so happened that I think that I'd figured most of it out before we got there. So that being said, I started to back away from the whole, like, oh, surprise me, Jeff Lemire, to like just enjoying what I got and the characters that I was spending time with. And For me, this is really a story about friends trying to protect friends, the type of friends that you feel are your family. And you'll do whatever you have to to protect them, even if you have to tell them the worst lies to do it, which is not a terrible – it's not a good way to operate. You shouldn't do that to people. But as a story, as a comic book story of it happening to fictional characters that are not me or my friends – It was interesting to read. Uh, There was an art shift at one point in the story. It was only for two issues, but whoa. Um, Talk about different artwork knocking you out of the story for a little bit. But um, overall, it's a really cool universe. I have all the other stories. I definitely want to stay in there and read those for sure. And I really, really, really dug the new Black Hammer Reborn uh, this focuses on Lucy, who is the new Black Hammer, and it takes place 20 years after the close of the other, the last volume. She's a mom. Uh, something from her past has come back, and everyone that is within her orbit seems to think that she should be dealing with it, because I'm guessing that she dealt with it the last time, and so she's really struggling with this because she's retired. And she doesn't want to do it, but she realizes that she might not have a choice. And so it's kind of being kicked, you know, kicking and screaming back into superheroing. That's not your life anymore. That's not what you're about anymore. But you might be the only option uh, that is available. So uh, I like it. And, And Caitlin's artwork, it was really cool to see her. Like I know that Dark Horse is still an indie label, but it was interesting to see her on something outside of Coyotes or Bliss and watching her deal with a universe or draw a universe of characters. And so just from a we know Caitlyn and really-do-love-her-work perspective, it was very, very cool to see her kind of playing in the superhero genre and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And She's outstanding. Like even from the very first page, there's this one panel in the lower uh, lower left hand corner that character is making a face that I've I've seen her draw before, and I'm like, ah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Awesome that that crazy expressiveness that she has with her characters and her and everything. It looks great. It reads great. Uh, I'm excited to continue going with it, and I am going to continue to play in Black Hammer. I know maybe this sounds like I didn't really dig it, but I did. Uh, let's see, what else do I got here? I have Incredible Doom. Incredible Doom, Volume 1. This is written by Matthew Boggart, uh, with art by Jesse Holden. So, this is a graphic novel. The story follows a young girl who runs away from her controlling and mentally abusive father. He's also a stage musician, uh, not musician, magician. And uh, so, she is, I gotta read this over again. She's running away from her controlling and mentally abusive father with a friend she met on the internet. As they attempt to avoid being found, they enlist the aid of a shadowy online group to help solve their problem. So, this is a story about people making connections. In in my interpretation, this takes place in the nineties. This is the birth of online forums and message boards and games. BBS, the bulletin board system, the IRC, the Internet Relay Chats. Uh, it is a really really cool story about the inception of online communities at their most basic, and what it was like to become a part of something mysterious when chat rooms and bullet uh, bulletin boards were first becoming chat a thing. Rooms. There are terrible corners of the internet, of course. I don't have to tell you all that. But Incredible Doom is much more about how sharing information online back then could help save someone's life. We are no longer, uh, you know, we were no longer limited to library books or word of mouth stories. If people you knew didn't have the information you need, there's a chance that it existed on the web, you just need to know how to access it. You know, things weren't always as readily as available. We didn't have things like Google yet, and so on and so forth. So it was very much a community based thing. And there's a lot to be said in this story about being able to be whoever you want to be on the internet. And in this case, for this story, not to nefarious means. um, But just separate from your high school life you can go home and you can be that creative outgoing person that you don't feel like you can be in front of your peers and stuff like that um it's coming of age drama that feels a lot like i thought of larry clark's 1995 movie kids yeah when i was reading this quite a bit uh it's a little harsh at times It definitely had an eyebrow-raising moment or two when I thought it was going in a very bigoted uh, direction that I wouldn't like. But it recovers from those moments really well and actually turns them completely around and into a victory moment for certain characters. So I was very pleased about that. There was a moment where I was like, whoa, I don't like that word. That's not nice. And then things develop. The story continues. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna correct that. That's nice, thank you. Um, <laughs> as far as the artwork goes, artwork is great. It has that um, like white, blue, black, and gray indie graphic novel comic look to it. It's very clean and monochromatic, and very moody. And uh, like all around, it's funny. I I read this, and I walked away from it. Uh, Brahman wanted to read it before I did, and and I was like, I don't know if you like this. And I really had to think about it. And it took me about a week to really come around on all of the characters and all of the events. And thankfully, this is a volume one. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to the second volume because of where this one ends. It's one of those books that really ties its ends together really well. Like When you get to that last page and you see where the story can go, you're like, oh, that's where this was going the whole time. Okay. And it all clicks into place. And uh, it was cool. It was really cool to watch a group of kids banding together and using the early days of the internet. It made me think a lot of my neighbor, Dan, who was the one that introduced me to all of that stuff when I was a kid and this stuff was first coming around. And uh, if you were around for that kind of stuff, if you were like conscious of all of that, or you had friends that were into that stuff, this is a very nostalgic read for that era. And there's lots of band shirts and posters and stuff in this too. So you'll see like Sonic youth and what have you hanging around in the background. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think those are all of my books. I talked about the dog book. I talked about the hammer book and I talked about the doom book. <laughs> I am done. John. Talk to I, me about Black Hammer.
0: I I mean I, I love this book just like you. And I think Southern Gothic is a good uh, a oh, good descriptor of it. Um, I I was kind of with you. It, it, it I, I kind of figured it out as we went. Right. It was, it, it's still. I don't think they were really trying to hide it. It was just. It's still good.
2: I thought it was. Good. I was just. I was expecting to be like, oh, whoa! But I got there and I was kind of like, well, well, yeah. But I also like
0: I, I was expecting it to go like I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I was expecting it, like a big like reveal and they were going to go do something. And then that that's just not going to happen because of the situation. And I was like, that's really I mean, that that is truly brilliant storytelling that you 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 know, it. it I don't want to draw parallels, but it kind of reminds me of Lost. And, and yes, yes, if I figured out Lost in the first like season or two. And the producers got upset that so many people figured out that they tried to write themselves out of that. I was just, just, about I thought you were about to say that the
2: producers got upset when you figured it out. <laughs> no, no. He knows you see this guy like- <laughs> that guy in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> the writers back in here, tell them there'll be no Christmas.
0: No, but like when people started to figure out and then that fifth season, it's like, yeah, you were right the whole time. This is what was going on. They didn't, they, they, they didn't, they didn't try and change their path, I guess is, is where I'm going. And then that kind of led into Reborn, which I also really liked. And and the art's different, but I really like what she did. Um, mm-hmm. And then I didn't take it as like, I think she, with that last page, something happened and she might not be able to save the day. And I think that's mm-hmm. a, one of the big, you know, things with Black Hammer is, yeah, we have all these heroes, but that doesn't mean that the world is better
2: off because of it. Um, right. Well, that's you know, kind of the whole thing. Once yeah. you find out what's happening, and it's like the series kind of has its own reset button mm-hmm. for the end of each like arc, if you will. Right. Um. And
0: and so I, I'm going to see how the others get tied into this, or how you know, because we haven't spent a lot of time in Spiral City. We spent a lot of time on the farm. Um. And so right. this will. If you read a lot of the ancillary stuff. Uh, you did, but I, di- I kind of couldn't keep up with all of that. I've just been sticking to the main book.
2: Oh um, yeah. No, no. I just, I mean, I read the main things. I know yeah. that I read, uh, the Sherlock Frankenstein when it right. came out. The uh, I don't remember anything about it though. Um, but really cool. bad dude.
0: for him because, you know, him and
2: Gail, I mean, that's a, that's a doomed romance. That was uh, actually one of my favorite aspects of the book as mm-hmm. a whole. I, I really, I got into that part of the story for sure. I did too. Uh, I, I if you you haven't read the JL, J J Justice League by yet? No, but I bought it. I haven't read it yet.
0: That actually ties into it pretty well too and okay. you get some great Michael Walsh art. Um but no this this book if you're a superhero fan, you'll like the the kind of the homage and this nostalgia, but yeah. this this really isn't a superhero book. It, it's a No, no, it's, it's not. It's a it's a it's a human interest story.
2: Um, yeah it's dark dark. uh, yeah it is i got i i have the the justice league stuff i um i think there's maybe two series that i've yet to pick up and i really should because they're on sale right now yeah i want to buy i'm gonna i haven't read that skull
0: kicker and skeleton boy
2: i have the first i read the first two issues of that when it was coming out and it was really cool but then i stopped because i was like i know nothing about black hammer i feel like i would enjoy this a lot more if i did (laughs) Yeah, but he doesn't really show up in anything. I I, I want to read it
0: because it just it seems like such a twisted take on Batman and Robin. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I find I find the Black Hammer stuff to be fascinating. I don't know that I enjoyed the entire ride at all times, but right. like all told, I I'm really glad that I am kind of at least have a decent. Uh, I cannot say this word familiarity
3: yeah that's right yeah. with it i can never yeah. say that word
2: yeah, yeah. you were right there. okay yeah when i trip over it all the time i i'm glad to have that knowledge and i'm glad that like if something comes out that i can dip my toe in and you know having caitlin announce that she was going to be on the book like that was the thing i was like all right it's finally time let's mm-hmm. do this sarah's talked about it everybody else john loves it it's time to do it and uh yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm going to have to make my way through Joey's books for this week, but I'm, I'm <laughs> going to see if I can not catch up with some of that other stuff, too. No, it, it's nice to
0: have it back and and I I just I I'm interested in where they're
3: going to take this story now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All righty then. So, so Stray Dogs, these. Stray Dogs. What's what's the, yes. what's the what's the what's the dog body count? just so we have an idea
4: i told you when that book started that they were gonna that they were gonna take out some dogs and you were like no they're not gonna do that they're cute little <laughs> dogs they're gonna solve the mystery and i listen, was like i don't remember
2: i don't remember what i said But I I just told you. I told you what what you said. You said
0: like you you were like this is the Scooby Gang of Dogs, and they're going to
3: solve a mystery exactly. And and I was
4: like, no, 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 this we're going to get some dead dogs in this book. And (laughs) you were like, you would never. And I was like, I told you. I told you.
2: It. But does it count if it ends that it was all a dream? And it was just a dog no, dream the no. whole time.
3: No, not if they're it's dying not, left and right. Of season four. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's some dirt naps <laughs> being taken in this one, baby. Yeah, there's a dog in the shower, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, super.
2: <laughs> <laughs> look, look, seriously, if animal death bothers you, don't. <laughs> don't read this book wait who's what the, is the person that? it doesn't buy <laughs> yeah, listen yeah, yeah. i'm talking about sacrifice here it's very oh wait very a minute. Wait, wait wait all right okay okay yeah, all, right. Yeah, all right. i don't want to hear any no more what do we still what do
4: what we got left on this show what are we things doing? are revealed
2: <laughs> damn it all right we're talking about planet size x-men
4: oh my Whoa. goodness we still gotta do this gala stuff
2: all right now let's of, let's try uh, to let's try to keep this as organized as possible. We still have some uh, quick news bits and emails to get through. I think Here I need more,
3: another drink before we get into
2: this. All right, planet size. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this in public, if you're listening to this at a store, or you're playing this somewhere, spoilers. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, uh, uh, yes. Thank you, Bob. Spoilers for planet size X Men, and also I can't. I might curse during this, so what? go ahead. What? Yes. What the
5: we'll
2: hell? All right. Ri- <laughs> written by Jerry Dugan, Dugan Duggan. By Duggan, Duggan. Uh, art by Pepe Larraz and colors by Marta Garcia. Okay. Here's the thing: we've been going to the Hellfire Gala for the last few weeks, hanging out with the X Men, drinking some drinks, wearing some fancy outfits, and we know that there was going to be kind of a main attraction to this party. Emma who is throwing this thing is going to be gathering everybody. She says, "Meet me in the courtyard. Grab yourselves a drink and meet me in the courtyard. And if you're open to it, let us be inside of your head. Hey, let whoa, us whoa, tap whoa, whoa, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> let us tap into your 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 mental, you know. We're going to we're going to show you some stuff. You're not going to want to miss this. This is going to be People are going to say, "Where were you when this happened?" And we've been wondering, "What the hell is it? What are they going to do?" And we've been guessing for the last couple of weeks. We finally find out what I believe to be the pretty big deal that's got everybody leaving the Hellfire Gala, being like, "What? Okay,
3: you know what? It's Scientology." No.
2: Okay. <laughs> so <your> canister is painful. <laughs> Aaron, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to chime in, or should I describe this thing? I mean, all right. Uh oh. Let me see. Uh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, we are not doing this conversation
0: the same way the Gala books are doing it by not getting anywhere.
1: <laughs> no, no, all right. So here's the situation. I'll just summarize this. If you read all the books, like Steve said, then you know that something happened, you know, and it got people all up in arms. But we are all trying to figure out what it was. What was this announcement that was made that had everyone, you know, Giving us, giving the X Men a side eye, you know, as they were walking out. Well, we found out in Planet Size X Men. Um, It sort of doubled down on this uh, idea that we can do things that you cannot do. And we are no longer trying to fit in with you, but rather we are going to excel beyond you. And you can sort of join us, you know, on this little ride by sitting down and shutting the hell up (laughs) (laughs) or or we are just going to go do this thing over here Um, i feel like this was the opposite of that if anything well well you would (laughs) 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 can i can i tell people what happened here so yeah i was gonna get to that Okay, okay. <laughs> you are Steve.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like a bad episode of yeah. Crossfire. The yes. mutants. Get to that. Yeah, okay. Go go we're
1: going go to there. Huh? I was
2: kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Steve, okay. go. So <laughs> go. Emma taps into everybody's mind, and she says, "I'm going to show you something. This is what we've been up to. So to know what the setup for this is and what the deal is." Is that you have Krakoa and then you have its neighboring island, Arako. Arako is filled with these mutants that we really haven't seen too many of yet. We don't really know what their deal is. But the impression that they've given me so far in these stories between uh, Ten of Swords and beyond is they're... Relatively hostile, they don't abide by the rule system that Krakoa operates under the harm no humans, the blah 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 blah. They're not interested in that, and as a courtesy, they've been kind of just keeping it low while you know Marvel's been building up to all this X Men gala stuff, but now we're hearing from them again. And what happens is Emma taps into everybody. And she takes them to Mars. Okay. What happens is representatives of Krakoa and representatives of Arako, mutants that can do things unlike I've ever seen in these X-Men comics or in any comics what anywhere, is they go to Mars and they together terraform the living shit out of it in front of everybody within the span of like, I don't even know how long it feels like a drink, but it's probably a good portion of the evening. But you see Iceman creating rivers and and other people using their powers to create these giant divots in the planet to then melt that water and put it there. You have mutants from Morocco putting their fingers into, I'll call it the ground of bars and kind of infusing it with their history and life and feeding it and making it grow. And they grow the damn planet and then they claim it for themselves. And they say, this belongs to the people of Araco. Now, thanks for coming to the hellfire gala. You like, like, you talk about somebody who created the earth in seven days. We just did it in front of your faces. We are the gods. And I
3: loved it. Yeah. Like you, it. you
2: are here by the grace of us. Yeah. And if written, you right. didn't know that, you certainly the fuck do now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah because, so
1: let's be real. If, the, if anyone else could get there first, they would have done the same damn thing.
2: Seriously, and that's yep, the other yep. thing is like you know, like people of Earth have been trying to figure out Mars forever, and they're basically like, "Yo, you've had time, you've had your chance. We're gonna take a stab at it." And and they 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 like the scenes of them like Magneto flying through the cosmos, just dragging these giant asteroids filled with iron behind him and, like, clapping his hands and, and breaking it all apart and throwing it onto the planet to create structures. And just all of them combined mm-hmm. doing their thing. It was so awe-inspiring and impressive, like, on the page and just as a concept. It was so wicked. And this went on for pages and pages and pages of them create, like taking over Mars and building their own planet with it. And basically giving the human race the finger yeah. because the people of Araco are moving on to this thing. They don't like you. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can go freely explore the planet. Now, those days for you are over. And and all the things. Like, it was just – I read this and I kind of wish that I had read it again uh, before the show. But, like, I read it two weeks ago whenever it came out. And I just – I kind of reeled back and I went, damn. That is that is a power move if I ever saw one. Holy shit. And I didn't yeah. care
1: that Captain America was upset. I'm like, you get over it. Get over I didn't it. care that Doom was upset. Get over it. Get and over I it. Love Love Love. I'm like this is sort of connected. I love and sword. Oh God. Yes. Where he as who the regent was and who came out <laughs> to say that they're in charge of, of Mar. I was like, listen.
2: Um okay. Just spoil it. Spoil it. It was Storm. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually I on that page that. right now of her oh with the God. red lightning it and all the purple amazing. swirls around her. That page is sick. Sword, Sword
0: um, 6 was yeah. awesome.
2: Sword uh, I need to hold that too. Damn it.
4: Sword and Planetary X-Men, I think, were spectacular. They, really, they really great. Hand. Go hand in hand. Really capitalized yes. on the premise. Brought us forward in a meaningful way like really showed me that yeah this is what we've been waiting for you know Mm -hmm. we said this well i said this when 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 krakoa started i was like it's another island right it's another island in the ocean we had genosha we had utopia we we, we've had this right planetary x-men and swords show us the future right in a
2: meaningful way the rest of the gala is a total wash for me (laughs) let me let me say one more thing before you go into the rest of the gala At a point in this story as kind of like the grand finale, they have mutants that rip open like a portal large enough to fit the entirety of Arako through it and just Mm -hmm. plop it right into wherever they've chosen on Mars. And I was just like, yeah, that was
0: that was the external gate that they used to bring it yeah.
1: In X of yeah. Swords. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I love, love, loved everything about it. I love, but the thing is, also, I, I realized that this was sort of touching back on some of the things that we picked up. And I think it was New Mutants, um, the whole conceit of a couple of the issues of New Mutants about X Men or mutants working together to you know maximize their powers and do different things with their powers, and that's exactly what was being mm-hmm, done, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to create you know, this planet is like one, one person's power. what Magneto was doing with the magnetic core was increasing storms. Power was increasing, you know, which in turn was kind of increasing, uh, Iceman's power with, you know, and the fact that they're all Omega level mutants was allowing them to do this. And then what's that, you know, the one guy has the entire ecosystem in his blood. And and then they just basically replicated that ecosystem and created everything. is exactly what they were talking it's synergy. about well, synergy it's, but it's it's,
0: it's it's synergy it's like the five and in, in the you know the yes. five and reincarnation you have the six and sword it's all these circuits of mutants working together can accomplish anything and then the kicker was in sword six when when they declared mars as the capital of the solar system so if yep. you're an if you're an intergalactic empire and you want to deal in the in the in this solar system you don't go to earth anymore you go to mars totally superseding the humans uh and and it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant
1: listen we are done with this earth economy (laughs) yeah we have this galactic economy now and we're about to shut this down
0: and we've created so, a new currency that you all want.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So you it's the Euro, here. but on
0: Mars.
3: On yeah. It's
1: exactly. yeah. basically you all I mean, think about this what this means from the grand scheme of things. Basically, on the planet Earth, yeah, you're the top shit. But now everyone else in the galaxy owes us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone else in the galaxy is doing business with us. Yep. You haven't even gotten out to where we are in where we go right now, and we've already staked our claim and basically are shutting it down.
3: So when if when Galactus had... shows up to eat Mars, what's going to happen? <laughs> no, the, mut- the mutants to take, take Galactus.
5: Galactus
1: yeah, Galactus, get way. out
0: of you here. No way. Way. Yes, way, yes, oh, way. Those
1: mutants will take Galactus out. They will. I'm sorry. They'd be
4: like, I, they'd be like, I'm sorry, who are
1: you? Who are you? <laughs>
4: your purple, I, your purple pants. Get out of
1: here. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they got like a. Ultimate nullifier type d- doodad sitting somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Some mutant sitting somewhere is just like, yeah, I'm they do.
4: It's Leech. Leech. The little mutant <laughs> Little little, 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 leech, little green leech and, and gonna like this will be like, no, I have no powers. <laughs> if besides, we had a category big.
2: for biggest flex in comics for the year. This would so far be the you
4: know, war. Yeah, it's and uh, like I was saying, it's hard because th- like th- like that was it was so amazing, Planetary, and then the sword follow up was so good. And then I'm over here reading Wolverine, and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> I'm over here reading like you know, and and I like I think someone in the chat said this really well that the gala was just kind of a framing device for all the other kind of s- stories to just continue, right? So it's a set piece. It's yeah. a set piece. You know, and I, I get that. I I just feel like the, 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 you know, for the books that I was already into the gala feels like a distraction for the books. Mm -hmm. I wasn't reading the gala feels like it's making me read a book that I didn't like in the first place, you know? Um, So, you know, I, I, I get the importance of it. I get presenting it as this event because it's marketable or whatever, but this doesn't have the same kind of storytelling no, no, trajectory no. and synergy of it, X of Swords or Hox Pox or anything like that. Or it's not an event, you know. It's not an event. Yeah, it's and, not an event. Yeah, and and it's it's it was marketed as such. First of all, that's number one. And to be honest, too, it's revealed to me which of these X books I don't really care for you know Ooh, yeah. like you know what mm-hmm. i don't need to keep reading this book or i don't need to keep reading that one you know because it's not really telling a story that i'm particularly interested in and the gala kind of showed that to me
0: yeah i mean totally yeah. way of x3 is just why is nightcrawler drunk yeah it's like oh i did God. i did not need which is that. a
4: bummer because i really yeah. liked
0: way of x1 and
4: 2 and but i 3 did, was what
0: i did like though in way of x3 the entire commentary on well Let's make all these new mutants. But who's going to take care of these mutants? Oh, if seeing you...
4: Stacy X again? I was like, man, just throw it back over
0: here. And it's like, it's, it's a total shot at the pro-life. It's like, okay, we don't want to have any sort of birth control, but you don't want to take care of these kids once they're outside the womb. Um, Isn't that an issue? I just, I love the book recovered when they got to the second half of that. Yeah. that was just going to be Nightcrawler chomping around drunk all night. The gala stuff was yeah. the weakest part of a lot of these issues. New Mutants, wow. Way of X,
4: you know, like it just yep. was like, I don't, this doesn't matter. Wolverine. I was just like this. First of all, I stopped reading Wolverine and X-Force a couple of months ago. So jumping back in for the gala, I was like, this A, makes no sense to me. And B, I didn't, I didn't care for this to begin with. So
0: what, what, what am I doing here? X X Force felt forced, like they were just trying to wrap up a story that that already was wrapped up, and they didn't need to do it. I, I yeah, I, I, I it showed do, a lot of weaknesses of books. I told yeah, you, I would, it's coming.
4: Wait for that balloon to pop. It's
0: Inferno, coming. it's coming Inferno. in September. Inferno one through four is the end of is the culmination of Hickman. Uh-huh. By by January of twenty twenty two, we're not going to be reading any X
4: Men. Basically,
0: <laughs> we're going to be back in the mansion. Yeah.
1: In there. It's going to be some the, new kid they have to save from somewhere because yeah. their parents yep. are abusing yep. them. Yep. And, you know, mutants are living in the sewers. Yep. And Bobby will yep. be like, Bobby Drake will be like, we're at that time. We terraform Mars. LOL. And we'll
4: be <laughs> like, this book is crap.
1: <laughs> Basically. Yeah. We're preparing for it. I will say for Way of X, I do like the way that they are using uh, Kurt's um, conscious. Yeah. 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 Sort yes. of as the 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 sort of like the litmus test of sort of like the the, the conduit for the story. It was mm-hmm. always so
3: much um, of his character that that idea just, of um, larger larger issues. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're they they're announced-
0: making him question his Catholicism and, and I, as a lapsed Catholic. I, I yeah, that that's always good. Sure.
4: They just announced something with Cy Spurrier picking up some X Men stuff. After well, it, 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 right after, it, it,
0: it's, I think the way of X is going to end, and then it's going to morph into a Legion book. Oh, so oh, so not. I think it's I'm the same the same creative team going forward. I think this might be like five
1: issues, yeah, it is. and then that might be five. Oh, issues. it's called
4: the Onslaught Revelation.
0: That's yeah, that's what it's
1: it. Yeah. yeah, I don't need Onslaught, but I no. do love Legion. Oh, uh,
4: you're getting it. You're getting <laughs>
1: Onslaught. Is Legion? Is it Mira's Legion coming off very John Constantini Oh totally yes. Well, totally. did you ever read X Men Legacy when he was when it was? Yeah, I read oh. that thing from
3: cover to cover. That book was there, so yeah, good; I
2: loved it. Can that I- was the one with all the Mike Del Mundo covers, right? Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Can I ask okay. an out there question
3: because I don't know anything anymore because you guys are way past me. Moira McTaggart? Where is she in all this?
0: Oh, she's coming. <laughs> He's in her bunker. She's okay. in her bunker. Somewhere,
3: but, but, but I have a just
4: feeling. Just
0: waiting, just waiting, right? To- she's, on the, she's on the cover art to Inferno, so she's
1: ah, coming. Ah, okay. She'll be there. We're
4: because, basically, it. She's going to roll basically
1: someone, Yeah, someone's going to slit her throat and start the whole damn thing over. That's yeah, oh. right, exactly. And Bobby, Drake,
4: yep. Bobby Drake's going to be like, hey, remember that time we were uh, Terraform Mars? That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, how do you all feel about some news? Let's do it. Let's do it. News. All right, there's going to be a new team of writers taking on Spider-Man, taking it beyond your wildest expectations An Amazing Spider-Man number 75. We've got Zeb Wells, Kelly Thompson, Saladin Ahmed, Cody Ziegler, and Patrick Gleason. Love it. Oh coming going three times a week. Three times is a month. Three times a month. That's Sorry, bad enough. Three times a week. <laughs> I gave I gave myself a heart yeah. attack now. <laughs> um yeah, so seventy five marks the creative team switch up and they're gonna be a whole lot of spidering going on as of uh, as of seventy five. Yeah.
0: This is what they did with brand new day, like just yeah. a few I mean, years ago. But, but no, that it was Dan No, it wasn't. It was it, we had new creative teams every four issues. Yeah. What was it called so you, when Dan Slot took over? That was uh, <inaudible> the, Dan. Period. Just they. Yeah, he, no, he no, did no, it for Superior. like ten years
3: or whatever, and then went to Superior. Right. Well, it felt like ten years because it was twice a month. <laughs> oh, right. Superior was great.
0: No, I mean
2: like, this feels. run a lot. Yeah,
0: I no, I I I'm on board with this. This creative team sounds fantastic, and I've. I like Nick Spencer. I just kind of checked out of his run. I just started
4: uh, on Marvel Unlimited from the. Oh, it's called The Big Time. Um, uh, So I I just started Nick Spencer's run on Marvel Unlimited. I I do want to read it. I I have. I don't yeah i don't i'm not really consistent with reading spider-man so i i Mm -hmm. want to do one this chameleon conspiracy stuff is coming to a head and i'm like what that's crazy so i'm excited saladin ahmed kelly thompson zeb wells three of my favorites the patrick leeson artwork is also really awesome yeah
0: i'm
4: cool i'm excited to see where it goes i'm wondering since saladin ahmed's on it if miles is going to be a big part of it are you going to fold miles into
0: this that'd be fine well
3: peter's all through the clone saga yeah, don't say Clone Saga, please. I have flashbacks. No, it's actually pretty good. That's what it's called right now, the Clone Saga, Miles Morales Spider Man. That's what. That's saga. when I sold off all my Spider Man books to my local comic store. Oh,
0: you haven't. You have. You guys have seen the news that that that's a possibility of what's happening, right? What? Yes, I have. Ben Riley's coming back. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I okay. hated Well yeah, That's yeah. that's probably Oof. what it's going to be. My my guess is that like Zeb will write. Or ben like Zeb will write Ben Riley, yeah, like Thompson will do Peter, and then Solidon Med will write Miles. Miles. How, yeah. Like how else could Would you do three times a month?
1: You know. Which one is the Scarlet Spider? Ben Riley. Ben Riley. Ben Reilly. Okay, but he he's not. He never done What didn't he was like Vegas or something. It's to, like Texas or something. Yeah, he was in Austin.
3: Getting some good so barbecue and you know yeah, solve yeah, so. film right, festivals so, and South by Southwest. Yeah, it's great. So yeah. at the end of
4: Day was Dan Slott. It was Dan Slott, Mark Guggenheim, Zeb Wells, and Bob Gale, yeah. and then Dan Slott picked up afterwards on his own.
3: Okay,
0: so they're bringing Zeb Wells back.
4: Yeah. Well, <laughs> Zeb's Zeb's been like a mainstay at Marvel for like decades. Oh, I yeah.
0: know. Yeah, I mean,
4: and I I I I, I like historically him. I like really like his work.
3: Yeah, but. Yeah. No, is, yeah not is, a fan of not a fan of Spencer. So these the, the creative team we're laying out here might get me to try a couple. And we'll do something. one
4: month and we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> which
2: is three
3: books already. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Moving
2: right along. Moving right along. John, you brought this to our attention. The space race takes on a bizarre twist in Image Comics, new sci-fi series primordial. Jeff Lemire, Andrena Sorrentino, you had me at hello. Yeah. Uh,
0: and Dave Stewart. And Dave Stewart. No, I love I love this team going back to when they did Green Arrow. Uh, I think Gideon Falls is one of the more, more original uh, mm. horror comics of the last few years. And just you know, to, to see a, a alternate history take on the space race uh, with this creative team, uh, I think this book has a lot of potential.
2: Yep. So to give uh, people a quick idea of what this is, says, ask most space aficionados and they'll easily tell you that the first humans to be launched into orbit were the Soviet Union's Yuri Gagarin soon followed by the United States' Alan Shepard. But ask what living creatures were the first to leave the bonds of Earth's gravity, and uh, many might not guess that it was a a a. (laughs) Siberian Husky Terrier mix (laughs) and two primates... Mm-hmm. What forgotten animal astronauts? Amazing! So there you go. Primordial sounds like a sounds like a good time. Definitely have to check that out. I hope
3: we don't end up in the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes place. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Wasn't
2: no, no, uh, the Guardians
0: of, of the Galaxy Cosmo? Wasn't he one of those original dogs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he
3: was the second dog in space or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, that's good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I, that sounds great. Awesome. Yeah, um, so for this last story, I don't really know how much we can say about it. I, I just threw it on here. Comixology announces that they're closing the DC Comics app. I have to admit that I don't really know what that means.
0: It used to be that if you bought DC, if you bought DC Comics on Comixology, they had their own standalone that you could read them in. Okay. But I, I don't know anybody who's used it. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel. Right.
4: There was a thing with Marvel way back when that, like, the you, when you used codes or whatever, it would be there too. But that again, these kind of like they all they have their own apps now. So
0: yeah, yeah.
2: All right, beautiful. That's it. I'm not
0: surprised they're still selling their books through Comicsology, and and not making you go to their they own better.
2: Apps. They <laughs> no, to. I'm they with
5: you, to. but
4: they have to. There's no way. There's no way that Marvel or DC could get off of Comixology
3: No. AT and T is pretty dumb. You never know what they might come up with.
0: <laughs> who's shipping DC comics books now? Well, who knows? Yeah.
4: That's true. But also Marvel's getting out of Diamond too. So, like, you know, with with all of the this, the the changes happening to like hard
3: copy publishing, mm-hmm. traditional
4: publishing, you it would be a yeah. terrible idea to get off of like the single common app that everyone uses.
3: Uh, Right. Which is attached to Amazon no less because Amazon bought them. I mean, please. Exactly. Yeah.
0: With Marvel switching to Penguin, they've put up their own previews on Comixology now that you can download. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool.
4: The other problem is I don't think Marvel Unlimited or DC Infinite Frontier have the have the bandwidth or UI to like handle (laughs) purchasing like at
0: that level. You know? No.
2: Hmm. No. All right. Joey, why don't you tell me a little bit about this Shang Chi trailer before we move into some emails? Oh, it was awesome! All right,
4: (laughs) it was really cool. New trailer, watch it if you haven't. A a, a lot more Tony Lung over narration about like kind of what the conflict is going to be, and you know, because he's Asian, it's going to be like oh, your family, you know. But uh, I'm just kidding. That's that's a bit of that's a bit of a a tongue in cheek thing. Although I will say, I was like, of course he has father issues you know um but no it it does actually sound like a really great piece and it's it it evokes a lot of what's made previous marvel films like iron man and black panther really great which is this kind of like you know intimate personal drama at the core of these superheroics. a lot of new looks at the action and a lot of new looks at the way the 10 rings themselves Ooh, are the uh, looking, rings. and I think it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then we are in here's what I'll say at the end the last shot of the trailer Shang-Chi's in the ocean with a big dragon. And for those that read recent issues of Atlantis Attacks or you know, Agents of Atlas, is its it? It is one hundred percent not Fin Fang, Foom. Clearly, oh. you guys have not been reading Atlantis Attacks. No, New we Ages haven't. Of Atlas. Every like Atlantis has a protector dragon. I think it's going to be Namor and Atlantis. That's what
3: we're. That's what we're. Wow, though. That's that's awesome. You're
4: not getting. You're not getting a big dragon in purple
3: shorts that can talk.
4: That's oh, not. Yeah, I want that. <laughs>
3: I want that, but I'd rather. Ha- I'd rather satisfaction. I'd rather have Namor, and that be his entrance into everything. That'd be. I awesome. think
4: that's. I think that's part of the linkage there. Um, when I saw the dragon in the water, I had those Atlantis attacks. Greg Park yeah. run notes, and just throwing back. I talked about it at the best of show um, and nobody here had, you know, read any of the good books last year. So they didn't vote for it. <laughs> but uh, Greg Pox, New Agents of Atlas and Atlantis Attacks run uh, introduces a shit ton of dragons. <laughs> and one of them is at the heart of Atlantis and protects Atlantis.
2: What do you think Fin Fang Foom wears on laundry day? His, his other pair of his trunks, other purple no, no,
3: he, 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 trunks he wears. So it, think he has
2: more
0: than one. He wears He's got it, blue trunks and purple trunks. We've no, seen them no, both. No, no. canonically. No, he,
3: he wears a really nice smoking jacket.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: His dragon schlong just hangs out, just some
2: seaweed.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tastefully done. <laughs> stylish. He's always very stylish.
2: All right, all right. We've got Bat Dong and we've got Fing Fum Dong. Let's move on. Does he have one? I
3: don't think so. I'm, I'm I'm let's move
2: sure. on. Let's light, lightning around. These there's there's no questions. little thing <laughs> thing booms around. <laughs> hey, talking comics. I have recently steadily gotten into comics. Thanks in large part to your podcast. And you have helped me uh, find many great comics to read. I know you all are very open to LGBTQ plus stories. And I uh, have been wondering if any of you have come across Any books with good asexual ace representation? Or do you have any favorite books or characters that represent the LGBTQ plus community as well or well? Um, Also, congratulations on making it to 500 episodes. You guys are doing amazing work. Best regards, Brian from Ohio.
3: Thank you, Brian.
2: Yes, thank you very much. So I have a whole thing prepared, but... If anybody else wants to jump in before I launch into my thing,
3: on, on, on the the On the A side of things, I don't know that there's been many. I, I think, Steve, you have a, a good handle on this. But yes. from the other side of things, from the LGBTQ community, certainly the whole Young Avengers America Hawkeye arc mm-hmm. through all those books is something really great. Rucka's Batwoman, certainly. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Whitley's Wasp. A lot yes. of really good stuff in there. Daisy's coming out in John Allison's Giant uh-huh. Days was uh-huh. really special. Yeah. And because I always mention this, and I will again, Sunstone by Barn Cheyev. So naughty! I'm uh, naughty! I, I can't help
4: it. <laughs> I, I, the, the, the ace representation, asexual representation thing. I, I did have to, have to think a little bit because I remembered in Wick Div that that was part of... Wicked and of course, also would would be great for this list as well, but I had all to look around. up which of the gods it was. I remembered it being part of it. It was Dionysus was the god yes. uh, that talked uh, uh, explicitly about this. Um, also Jughead Jones uh, mm. has like canonically yep. and historically been yep. um, That yeah. That's always been a part of it. Uh, what else was on my list? Backstagers. Check out Backstagers. I'm going to talk yep. about Backstagers I think across all three of these listener questions we have. Um, and Nadia Van Dyne, Sam Mags, and, and Whitley, Whitley? – you after, after one of the volumes had been cut off way too early, and said that it was their plan to talk about Nadia's asexuality um, yeah. as part mm-hmm. of the, the book. So there's your Unstoppable Wasp uh, rep-
0: representation there as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah. There you have I think we mentioned all, it earlier, but yeah. Steve Orlando's Midnighter series yeah. uh, was, was really well done too,
1: I thought. Yep. Yep.
2: Uh Aaron, do you have any uh contributions before I get
1: to it? So, uh, the asexuality, I don't, honestly, I couldn't think of anything other than what you guys have said earlier, and some of them I didn't even think of. I think just in terms of the LGBTQ, I think I talked about Barbalian, uh, Red Planet mm-hmm. earlier. In the year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, hey, what was it, uh, Kim and Kim? Was Yeah. From- oh, Kim oh, and Kim. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Love Kim and Kim. Uh, yeah, I think those are good books. Yeah.
2: Was, yeah, um... For sure, definitely. Um, Renegade rule from uh, Ben Con. Sure, absolutely, and Emily, of course. So, okay. So to answer this question, I wanted to go to my good friend Chris from Gotham Outsiders, and they sent along a entire DM thread to me that I am nice. just going to read. <laughs> Uh, with all kinds of, of suggestions, and, and, and this is great. So along with Jughead and Nadia, there is Tremor uh, from Marvel, who's ace, but that's basically what we've got uh, at the moment comic book-wise, um, or at least in Marvel, I believe. There's more rep in prose books, but not much, by the way, of comics. Uh, queer identity-wise, uh, for Marvel, we've got Iceman by Grayson Vitti, uh, Squirrel Girl, I know you already recommended, but it does have a great trans rep from Koi Boy mm-hmm. uh, DC Comics wise, we have Suicide Squad by Tom Taylor Midnighter by Steve Orlando Constantine uh, by James Tynan and also Cy Spurrier, I'll add uh, other publishers, Puss by Mark Russell, Bloom by Kevin Panetta, which was great uh, Heartstopper by Alice Osmond Castle Swimmer by Wendy Leon Martin Gem by Kelly Thompson, Backstagers by James Tynan again. Uh, and I have to give the biggest shout out to my friend Eliza Lane's new graphic novel, Beetle and the Hollow Bones. I love that title. Uh, yeah, I love that title. Right? Right, Isn't right. it great? I perked up when I read that. I was like, "Yo, that's a good title. Uh, one So Good, I Literally Can't Stop Asking People to Please Read It. Uh, those are just off the top of my head, but I definitely have more. If you want them, uh, I can explain or give a follow-up blurb uh, if you're interested. Uh, Oh, and you can't go wrong with Loki and his gender-fluid bisexuality, his Mm -hmm. bisexual self. So that is from Chris from Gotham Outsiders, an absolutely outstanding podcast that makes the world of Batman a very gay. And (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) love it. Tons and tons of great guests in recent episodes, always but especially they're they're really cooking over there now. Um Chris does that podcast with TJ, who is also excellent and a great source for uh queer writings and books and whatnot. So there you have it. Yeah. Uh, uh we've pretty much said everybody that I can think of I'm, I'm sure
3: we're still living well. it, it look crowded, certainly has yeah. a, a lot of that. We're we're looking at a lot of the books that we love that we're probably not remembering. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no go for out. it. Yeah, you throw something in. And I'll I'll go.
2: Yeah, if you are if you looking if you're looking for graphic novels specifically, um, Pumpkinheads? that are LGBTQ friendly. Yeah, pumpkinheads. Look to first second the publisher first second. They have a wide array of books in in that category. and those characters, they are a wonderful, wonderful source. Yeah, uh, for that sort of thing.
4: You know the the graphic novels are. There's just so many. There's so many that we couldn't even list here. To and so many of them are coming of age stories, young adult stories. Um, it, there's a huge. There's there is no shortage of these books if you look for them, and you know where. What look.
2: was that book that Sarah had us read last year? Which one? Uh the the was it Gabby Rivera?
3: Oh yes. Um, oh, yes, that was awesome. But then what's the title of it? Oh, I can't remember. The Impending Blindness. No, that was me. No, 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 That no, was no. great, too. But yeah, no, it was. The Eat One? No, the Eat One?
2: No. No, that was Eat. Um, no. no, no, it wasn't. That was Sweeney Boo. Yeah. No, something Ju-
3: Juliet. Oh, oh, Juliet, yes. takes a, Juliet Takes a something. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that was great. No, but it was awesome. Yes.
4: I'm going to look Juliet Takes a look. Breath. Juliet Takes a Breath. Juliet, Juliet Takes a,
3: a
2: takes breath. breath.
3: That's yeah. it.
4: Julian takes a breath. That was amazing too. But here's the other thing that's on the flip side of all of this is that queer comics have a very long history going back decades. Uh, it goes be back to Dr. Marston and Elizabeth exactly. Marston. Right? Yeah. And through the 60s, 70s and 80s, particularly like underground comics was a safe haven for kind of queer mm-hmm. rep and queer writing to begin with. So, you know, like it's all there. Like there's a long history of it we've laid out for you kind of like mainstream big two representation questions, but like comics have always been a community that, that, that have been a place for these kinds of
3: stories. Yeah.
1: So I would also add, um, I got a a reminder the other day that flame con is coming up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, uh,
3: live. I mean, in person. Yeah.
1: Apparently it's coming up live in person. Wow um i would go check out that website for the um guests that are going to show up there or even can go to see if you can check out last year's guests because there's a lot of creators that were there when i went there last year that obviously would be putting out content that would i think meet your needs and actually i'm looking uh right now because i had a communication with one of those creators who sent me specifically a list of uh, LGBTQIA creator, so oh, uh, maybe if I can find that, I will <laughs> share that. No, what well, that book I read last year, Gender Queer, Maya
4: Kobabe. This book I read in 2020 was one of the best things I've ever read. Read it; it's spectacular. Gender Queer, Maya Kobabe, K O B A B E, incredible, nice, incredible. incredible.
2: Nice. No, uh, Bob, I meant to tell you that uh, I picked up Fake Blood from Whitney Gardner. Oh, did you love it? I haven't read it yet, oh, okay. but I have it. Oh, you uh, can, I'm going to pick up it. her other book this week as well. Long but distance. I also picked up yeah. uh, The Girl from the Sea and A Map to the Sun, mm-hmm. which is another um, first, second
3: graphic novel. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Again, another company so, you, you can scattered. count on to do all the right things. Now, we, yes. we, you mentioned Whitney Gardner. We'll be speaking next week about a book that has – as part of its backstory, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing it like mad now, a, a, a relationship that bubbles throughout the book and turns into something really, really different and interesting. Ooh, so just, just there saying, might be a special guest on next, might on next week. Might just be next week. We'll talk about you that. You didn't little hear little it
2: from us. No. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Uh, Brian, thank, thank, you, thank you, Brian. you so much yeah. for writing in. Awesome. All right, let's move on to these last uh, these last couple of questions here. Uh, this one comes from Brit. Since the inception of the pod, y'all have great recommendations like Crowded, Murder Falcon, Murder Falcon, Giant Days, uh et cetera, and I have uh, that I've absolutely loved. My question is out of all the books y'all have recommended, Which one should become a show or movie?
4: Backstagers. That's it. Yeah, that's the answer. I'm done.
3: That's (laughs) the only answer. We got, okay, that's good to go. No, I got, I got at least four. I've got about
2: 14, but okay. (laughs) All right. So, Joe, you're saying backstagers. Yes. Do you have a creative team in mind or you just want backstagers? No, my laptop's dying. Okay. Okay.
3: (laughs) Uh, Bob, go real quick. I wouldn't have thought of this, but because it came up, Today, insects. Oh, okay. Jen and Sylvia Saska doing insects as a TV show. Oh shit! Right, exactly. Um, my first thought i w- I would love to see as a TV show once in future by Edgar Best. Wright and Simon Pegg, starring Ooh. Simon Pegg and Emma Thompson. <laughs> Could oh, you wow. imagine
4: Simon Pig doing those action scenes? Yes, it would be great.
3: I mean I'm i I'm right there. Um look, I, I want to see a squirrel girl show, and they already did that and then never sold it, so the hell with that. Sorry, Marvel. But it would be great to see a squirrel girl show by you know Peyton Reed. Would be wonderful. Yeah. Um I love an animated bandette by Studio Ghibli. Oh
2: yeah. By who? Studio, Studio Ghibli? Ghibli? Yeah.
3: Ghibli, Ghibli. I can't Ghibli, Ghibli, what? whichever. I mean, yeah, Pixar yeah, yeah. can do it because then I can pronounce Pixar. But okay, either way, either way, oh. um, I love a November Matt Fraction, Elsa Chartier movie by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, there you go. Nice. Um, how about a Sunstone TV show or movie by Diablo Cody?
4: Naughty, naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Uh. accent,
3: late night cinema. Late night, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, Jennifer's Body the other day. Uh, is it better is than so you remember
3: good. it? That movie is so good. hmm uh, And my my final that? one, the, I'd want to see a, a TV version of the dance Slott Mike Allred Silver Surfer by Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck, who directed mm-hmm. Captain Marvel.
2: Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Okay. Uh, John, what do you got?
0: Uh, <clears throat> I, I went the TV route. I would love to see a TV miniseries of Sheltered. Uh, yeah, I think that Man, would be you, really that good. That book
2: really hit you. Yeah. That book, yeah.
0: Well, I, I, yeah I, I mean, it just it was it was so well done, and it's so I, good. I, it's so good, and then the whole cult aspect, and and the way people are today about you know like their tribalism and and all of that. Uh, and then I would love like a long form Western, East of West on some pay network damn i gotta uh, read that yeah oh that would be I, those a, are the, those are two that came to my mind who I'm would do
3: that who would do that
2: west world people yeah yeah <laughs> okay.
0: or the um what's the oh joey you brought it to the table once the what's the asian american show on Oh,
4: War, uh, warrior
0: yeah, warrior is so good. <laughs> yeah, that, the people who did that, I could see doing a great East of West.
4: Oh yeah, that would be awesome. I was, I, I said that uh, I would love a Jupiter's Legacy TV show. That would be awesome.
5: <laughs> oh, oh. Oh.
4: Shots fired. I liked that
2: first season. I wish I liked it too. It.
4: That's that's a bummer.
2: All right, I Aaron. see where it went. Uh, yeah. Are you done, John? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, Aaron, hit us up.
1: Whoa, well, Bob stole my Once in Future. Oh. So my other thing, I was literally just gonna say, just go see all you know all the books in my lightning round, huh. um, because obviously a far sector, you know.
3: 12, six, who, who, would who would do it? Who would who would do the long form?
1: Oh gosh! Oh, I, I you know <laughs> Tyler Perry. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm, <laughs> okay. Oh, the, no. How
3: about the how about the, I mean, how about the Get Out team? Jordan know. Peele. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Did you watch maybe um,
1: a little Jordan Peele with a little Ava DuVernay? Yeah,
2: analysis. I was gonna say. Yeah, there you Ava. go. Yeah. I like that. Love that. I would put Ava DuVernay on that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. and maybe maybe just round it out with some Regina King.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Right there's the there's where you head. I'm just gonna say it.
2: Ava DuVernay's "Wrinkle in Time" is underrated. I that movie was yeah, so was good. weird and so good.
4: Unapologetic. That movie.
2: Yeah. And it was it was one of the trippiest movies that Disney's ever made, I'll tell you that. It's good stuff. All right. Is it my turn? I yeah. believe so. All right. Here we go. Uh, so my first one is Something is Killing the Children. I For a movie, I would like a pre-Ghosts of Mars John Carpenter wow. to direct. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to get somebody a little bit more now, I would say Nia DaCosta, who is currently uh, awaiting Candyman to come mm-hmm. out. If we're going to do a TV series for it, I would want Team Downey to do it. Uh, They are the team behind Sweet Sweet Tooth. Tooth. Yes. Uh, My other choice for a TV series is Animosity. Wow. uh, Yeah. Yeah. This would be directed by Michael Matthews, who I think I mentioned it on the show last week or the week before. But if you have not seen the movie Love and Monsters, it is absolutely one of the best like fantasy adventure movies that I've seen in years. Totally, totally worth watching. Uh, I also have Bliss on this uh, on this list. This would be a movie, and I have uh, Louis Lettier doing the uh, directing. Yeah. Incredible Hulk, the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, Incredible Hulk transporter unleashed and the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. Because you are going to need somebody that can get the Henson Company roped into this thing. Because I ain't going to see no all CGI creatures in Bliss. You better get some
3: puppets. All I know is is Kate Lyarsky better do the storyboards, and I think she could probably direct that.
4: Oh yeah! Oh, isn't it just the turtle gods that are like
2: creatures? Oh, you can you can do more. You can do more. There is at least three settings, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like set design and stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, And my last one here is this is a, this is an oddball one. This is from aftershock. I would really like to see a uh, film for her infernal descent. And this is a story about an older woman who's lost her family that basically uh, takes a march through hell to try and find them and understand why they were taken from her too soon. I would love to see this from Guillermo del Toro uh, with him reteaming with either Sally Hawkins or Jodie Foster for the lead role.
3: I just came up. I just came up with another one. All right. Real quick. Real, real, real quick. James Gunn writing and directing a version of the Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, the pro where a,
2: (laughs)
5: Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. Oh, I like that.
2: Yeah, That's a great fit. Nice. All right. Last, but certainly not least, uh, this one comes in from Pete. What are your thoughts on two page spread compositions for panel to panel storytelling? Love it.
3: One too many pages. No, I'm, love I'm it. kidding.
4: Werther, Werther Della deladera has been doing it nonstop for something is killing the children. You, you read those books and you're like, why is this book only 15 pages long? It's because it, well, like, why? Wow, Cause I read it all digitally yeah. because like six of those digital pages are these two page spreads with these beautiful panel to panel layouts. I love it. I think it's really great. Um, I, but I'm, I'm always a big fan of changing up your, your panel structures. Uh, uh, I I also love when we do like um Mr. Miracle when when they were doing the you know traditional like was that six or nine panels a page? I think I it was nine nine, nine. nine panel yeah, no. pages consistently throughout. Like that's impressive and, and I love that. Change but up. But I I love the change up and I love the two page spreads.
3: But for me, if as long as it's part of the storytelling and not some image comics 90 pinup. With no hands or feet. Sorry, Mr. Liefeld. Yeah. But if, if we're talking about, as we recently seen in Black with Elena Casagrande, mm-hmm. Leonardo Romero in the, in the Hawkeye books, David Aja, Mike Allred, yeah. you're doing something that we turn that page and there's the two-page spread and you gasp.
4: Now, here's the problem. I read everything digitally. Stop! stop don't go there. No, listen, it looks flat to me, right? Yeah. If you're reading in trades or hardbacks, those double page spreads are a little tough to read sometimes because it gets cut off depending on the binding and printing, right? So in yeah. floppies and in digital, I think the two page spreads are great. And I think a lot of artists are leaning to them for that impact and narrative impact yeah. that Bob's talking about, you know. Um, But I could imagine those folks that trade weight or read in the hardbacks might not have as good a time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Totally. I Not seem really. to remember a whole book that you had to read twice, but you had to like, turn hey. at the end. Wait, wait. Uh, and what, and that what, what? Was,
4: <laughs> but that was a series of two-page spreads, if I recall. Yes, it was. Every time you turned the page, it was another two-page yeah. spread.
3: <laughs> silver Surfer <laughs> number 11. Yes, server. well, there we go.
4: The Batman backwards issue was also like that, I think.
3: Yeah, so what was that Batman-Superman? What was the issue number of that one? That was... Oh, um, Batman-Superman
4: um, was... Uh, oh, that was Batman-Superman oh, 16. Oh. 16, that was 16, yeah. right. Yeah. Same thing.
2: I thought you were talking about Batman five where you had to keep on turning it. Well, that was, um, that was the cool. The Snyder one, that one. Oh, but I'm
4: into that. I'm into that.
2: Yeah. That was so good.
4: I could, but, so but good. I can also tell when it's gimmicky or I could also tell when like it's, it's cluttered, you know, it, 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 it has to be good. That's the thing. You know, I, I pay attention yeah. to panel layouts. I this, love it.
3: Yeah.
2: The story has to call for it. I think is, is my rule for that sort of thing you know when it comes along and it's impressive and it's impactful and stuff like that i welcome it into the story so that's pretty much where i'm at uh aaron how do you how do you feel about uh two page spread compositions for panel to panel storytelling i sort of start with joy in this cuz
1: i do read digitally and uh, as long as the real estate is used well i think it's it's great i think if you're using it really as a device to actually tell the story using the imagery to tell the story or to advance the story. Yeah. If it's, and I think Joe, you took the words right out of my mouth. If it's a gimmicky thing, that's really just designed to spark conversation, but really hasn't done anything to enhance the story. Then what's the point of it? But mm-hmm. yeah, I, again, <laughs> I do think it works for me. It works better in um, digital. Yeah. I mean, you have the, if you're reading on Comicsology, like most of most people, then you have that guided view, which sometimes may, they sometimes get that order out of sync. Sometimes, that was redundant. I never uh, read guided view. I always read oh, guided it, view. it, it oh, drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah, but you have it. to. But the thing is, you have to. It it you require it requires a little bit of understanding what it's doing because then once you go through the guided view, you begin to realize where it would have been more valuable to see the that big splash page. So you, you can basically quickly okay. pan out. I read it on my iPad. You can just I hit one key and it pans out to the whole page. Yeah. So you see everything. So then it has that impact. Um, but it, the of you obviously guides you through the way you're supposed to read it. But sometimes every
3: rare occasion it, it gets a little off track, um, but it works well for me. I'm going to say this though. The problem is when I have a book, uh, I'm old. I, I apologize. When you opened up a book book and they had laid the pages out in, in a certain way that, okay, here we get to this point and you turn the left page and now it's a two page spread of something or even just even a single page done properly you you could really feel it internally. It was really something special and I've done the guided view and it backs me into that larger view of the page. it doesn't hit the same way.
4: no, that's why I don't do guided view. I'll never forget that issue of um, (laughs) Captain America and the Falcon, I think it was, where they put the ad on the wrong page. Yes, right. So so Falcon and Bucky are like – you see Falcon's legs flying Mm -hmm. into like a Snickers bar and like half of Bucky's (laughs) body. And I was like, man, this is embarrassing.
3: And remember those DC issues where half the page was a Snickers ad with the DC characters? I know, and I was like, oh, "Why?" Oh, <laughs> I
4: was like,
3: God, I "Here we are fighting Dark Side, but
4: now we're eating a Snickers." I'm like, "Is this part of the story?" I
3: forgot about that. That Wild. was bad stuff. John, you
2: got anything for this? I got a little uh, snap, crackle, and pop happening in my uh, recording over here because I think the storm is a coming in.
0: No, so. I, I'm. You guys took
2: care of everything I would have to say about
0: the the whole thing.
2: All right. We're going to wrap this up. Joey, what are you looking forward to next week? Oh my goodness. So many
4: things that Texas blood is coming back. Uh, number seven cable. Number 11, I think it's the last issue of that. No, there's 12. 12. All right. So I, then I'm not paying. <laughs> then I don't give a shit about cable. He uh, was more so hoping. Yeah. 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 The United States of Captain America yes. series launches this week. I'll oh, definitely mm-hmm. be checking that out. Second issue of Shang-Chi, Dr. Afra number 11, A Buffy the Vampire Slayer tea time special, which is about what the watchers do. Um, The Mystery of the Meanest Teacher, a Johnny Constantine graphic novel comes out. Uh, Another one of these YA kids graphic novels with the DC characters. I am 1000% reading that. And a new Cullen Bunn book called Parasomnia. I'll probably check that one out too.
2: Nice. Can you not plug yourself in? No, I'm downstairs.
4: I'm downstairs and my microphone and everything is like in it. So for me to try and uproot myself would be too complicated.
2: All right. I hope that this all works out because we still need to get your file. Uh, Aaron, what are you picking up? Just let
1: Emily out from under the stairs. Tell her to go get it for you. No, I
2: can't. (laughs)
1: Um, so this will be quick. Uh, crossover number seven, Black Widow number eight, and probably a little bit of a review folder roulette this week.
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah, go with that.
0: Uh, John, what are you getting? Uh, Beta Ray Bill four, Black yeah. Widow eight, yeah. Cable 11, Daredevil yeah. 31, yeah. Shang-Chi two, and X-Factor 10.
3: Uh, that's oh crap, it. I did see Shang-Chi was coming out. Yeah. Never mind.
4: X-Factor 10, last issue. I know
0: that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh bob what are you picking uh, up widow and cap obviously i think wonder girl 2 is this week but it's hard to tell because it's dc that's about it i don't see that i don't right. think that's this week no. uh, i also have says yes ray. but who knows
2: <laughs> i got beta ray bill black widow cable daredevil shang chi crossover department of truth made in korea number two and monstrous number 35
4: oh i gotta check out made in korea I forgot. It's about really that first trees. issue was
2: very cool. Very, very Luna. All right. We've reached the end.
3: Does anybody have any closing statements? Really quickly next week, we do have a special guest. It is writer, mm-hmm. editor, and our good friend, Stephanie cook talking about her Paranorthern and the chaos bunny, a hop graphic novel that she has coming out. <laughs> and while we're at it, let's plug progressively horrified where our friend, Sarah is coming on to do the hunger.
2: Mm. oh there you go nice alright anybody else nope great we, we've we reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast as always you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at com. we check it every few days your emails will be on the show we are also on Twitter at Talking Comics where you can reach out to us we've also got TalkingComicBooks.com where you can find news and review not news Reviews and features from our favorite. Fans. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> Bob, where can our listeners
3: find <laughs> you? Old fashioned email, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com.
2: Joey. At Joey Regino. Aaron. At
3: Aaron J. Amos. John.
2: At John B. Burkle. I am at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. For Bob. On to 700. For Joey. Fast and the
4: Furious is the greatest film franchise of our time. Stop.
2: Oh, don't get me started.
1: It's so good. <sighs> I know. Aaron. I love you, nerd. Check on you in the morning. John. Mm-hmm. Han is back. <laughs> Spoilers.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
0: our
2: theaters are still closed. We're living under glass. Thank you all so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued.